podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is a View from the Bridge official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomoftheGiants.com. Today's Tuesday, the 26th of March, 2019. My name is Patrick Smith. Yes, we are joining you a day early, but it is with very good cause. We'll get into that in a second. But before I do, I'll introduce good friend David McJimsey. How are you, mate? I'm okay, Paddy. Nice to be with you, as, as always. Mr. Simon Kitchen, how are you? I'm very well, Patrick. Yourself, sir? All good, mate. All good. And it's a it's a fiddle four-way. How are you, Mr. Joel Neal? Good evening, friends. Nice to be with you, as always. You weren't on Nolan this morning, no? <laughs> no, we like the big guns for that, mate. I just do all the work in the background. <laughs> um, he, he hasn't been on Nolan. Well, that's all. <laughs> God, um, Davey, if you're going to tee me up for that. I was waiting for it. Come on. I'm not, and now I have to look across. After... Oh. I can actually find it on the actual. Oh, there it is. The Sheffield Steelers Cobb came up. There it is. Right. In it's going to be a good one. In this very special edition of A View from the Bridge, we are paying tribute to our good friend and a Belfast Chance legend, Colin Shields. We'll hear from friends and teammates as well as talking ourselves about the great number 19. We've a lot to cover and a lot of people to speak with, so let's get through the formalities of last week as quickly as we can because it's been a bit of a mixture of a week for the Belfast Giants. Before we get stuck in to the two games that took place over the weekend, a bit of a minor shout-out. There is a possibility, mark it in your cards. It hasn't been confirmed, but a very big possibility that there might be an view from the Bridge live on Friday after the game against the Five Flash. Keep an eye on a view from the Bridge Twitter, and we'll update you on that. Also, worth mentioning before we move on, on the Belfast Giants YouTube account, the sudden death movie that Neil Whitehead's put together on the Challenge Cup Championships. Any lads seen it yet? I know it's like from a time of recording. It's only been out for about an hour, but um, seen it, Davy. I think you're coming in there. Are you? Been pretty fortunate to see it. And Neil Whiteside, John Hare, at all again smashed it like straight out of the park. It is spine tingling. It's emotional, of course, because it involves our team that little bit more, and we were all very fortunate to be in the building that night. But see to relive it and to hear. Dustin Jonner, who's had a long and distinguished career, gets so emotional. They, they hear Smo, who's just jumped in here and become a Belfast giant in every fibre of his body in the last sort of six weeks. To hear the way he talks about this organisation, to see the goals, to see Kiefer and Taff and Johnny Box on It's just, do not miss it. Whatever you're doing, download it, watch, stream it, whatever. You get it, watch this as quickly as you can. It's amazing. It yeah, Needham, sorry, Paddy, Needham John had done a brilliant job. But, uh, we did the interviews uh, about three days after the, the cup final. Um, it was still raw in the minds. And, and obviously, uh, when we're having that chat with, with Dustin Johnner, he's, uh, it certainly hit home. We know how much it means to him and obviously the boys in the room as well. So definitely, definitely get the, the thing downloaded. If you missed it at the 8 o'clock uh, when it went uh, live on YouTube premiere, it's, it's available, it's free. Just get out there and have a look at it. 
100%. Get yourself it. You can find it on the Belfast Giants website, belfastgiants.com, or on their official YouTube channel. Sudden Death, the story of the 2019 Challenge Cup Championship for the Belfast Giants. Well done to the Belfast Giants TV lads, Neil, Johnny, all those guys. Another piece of top work. Right. Let's look ahead. Sorry, let's look ahead. Let's look back at last weekend's games for the Belfast Giants. A mixed bag and one that with other other results that throws a little bit of ups and downs over the course of the weekend. But we'll get to that. Friday at the Drizzle Dome in Altrigham, the Belfast Giants were subject to a 5-2 defeat. It was the Giants who scored first Cal Bond on the power play in the first period. But 10 minutes into the second, Dane Byers made it 1-1. Vandermeer with a hell of a strike from just inside the blue line made it 2-1 to the Giants at the end of the second. And then, what was basically around a minute and a half or in around 30 seconds, really, of a meltdown for the Giants. Mike Hammond made it 2-2. Luke Moffat, around 30 seconds later, made it 3-2 to the Manchester Storm. 12 minutes into the third period, Kieran Long makes it 4-2. And then on the power play into the empty net, Dane Byers makes it 5-2. Tyler Beskarani back in goals for the Belfast Giants. 30 saves off 34 shots. Matt Ginn. Gets the win, 36 saves off 38 shots. Your two referees that night were Tom Darnell and Tom Perring. Joel, I'll start with you this. The pressure was on. The pressure had to remain on the Cardiff Devils. The Giants had taken nine points out of ten against the Manchester Storm. We know it's a tough place. We know that it's a tight rink to play, and we know that they're difficult to play against there, and they're chasing that final playoff spot. However... The Giants should have been a lot better than that. And at the start of the third period, it just was a bit of a horror show. Yeah, look, it's something we've uh, we've experienced before. But before we talk about the game, just have to give a big shout out to all the Manchester Storm fans who are eagerly listening to this week's View from the Bridge. Yeah, um, so. if, you, if you check Twitter to lap up our, and, our salty, and, salty and wa- tears. And watching me when I'm going to the toilet at the end of the season. <laughs> I don't know why all these Listen. tweets saying they saw me going out. I was going to the loo. I was I was trying to think of you know some sort of funny chirp or whatever, but see to be honest, if the biggest buzz you can find this season is reveling and helping another team, there's nothing I can say that's going to cut deeper than that. So, um, <laughs> onto the game. I mean, you get give credit to Manchester first of all, fighting for their lives, fighting for that playoff spot. Um, as you say, Mac in decent goal tending all night. I think when we go there, Manchester's home uh, home ice advantage always plays a big part. Um, you know, a, a lot of our creativity comes from having space on big ice. You see it at home. We play some some beautiful, fast-paced hockey at home. Whenever it's compressed into that small pad and on the road, I think we have a tendency to struggle. Um, you put it to, to Adam Keefe and Blair Riley after. You know, we had no shortage of chances, but just couldn't bury them. And, and it's the quality of those chances for me. Um, lots of mistakes in the third period. If you look at both of our goals, they were on the power play, which says to me, we play better when we've got that space. Um, what it comes down to for me, Paddy, nobody in this league has a divine right to win anything. You just have to eat it and move on. It's it's another twist and another turn in a, a long, long season of twists and turns. David, the, the frustration from, from Adam Keefe was palpable at the end of the game. We knew what sort of pressure was on that. But when it came to it, you know, the pressure on Gin's goal, especially in the third, maybe wasn't enough. And those chances in the first and the second period were left were left ruining them. Yeah, I think um, <clears throat> Ryan Finnerty would probably be honest enough to say that you know the Belfast Jets, but five on five, there wasn't an awful lot. But with special teams being being crucial, you know, I think we were, we we carried the play. 
for the first 20 and, and even the second 20, third would didn't really come out. And, you know, unfortunately, games aren't played over 40 minutes, they're played over 60. And you've got to credit the, the Manchester Storm, a team playing with a bit of desperation, desperate to get that eighth spot and, you know, get themselves into the playoffs. And, you know, they, they took their opportunities. They, they jumped on individual errors in the third period, which is, you know, it's something that hasn't, you know, reared its head for, for a bit of a while. But we just got caught a wee bit cold coming out in the third period. And, uh, and unfortunately, you know, that gave them a little bit of a bit of a gap. And they're, they're well set, you know, in that little rink, as Joel has said. They're, they're, a, they're a large team. They're built on small ice. And, and they know how to defend very, very well to get in and around again. It didn't give us too many great A's. We'd, we'd plenty of great A's in the, in the first and second. But the third period, you know, I think the ice shot us perhaps as well. And, you know, we just didn't get to the net. We didn't go to the dirty areas, maybe enough in the third period. And we just left ourselves too much to do in the last 10 minutes. And some and, and the, the, the obvious stat on the sheet being the two goals. And I think Adam Keith talked about it. We had it a bit earlier in the season as well. Very, very seldom will two goals in this league, you know, win you a game. Um, and, and that's sort of how it proved. We got fortunate the weekend before, I know the first night was 4-1, but really 2-2-1 two, two, games against the, the Coventry Blaze. And, you know, we were able to ride basically that weekend. But unfortunately for us, we just couldn't uh, couldn't keep the puck out of our own net enough. And, you know, Manchester Storm come away with a good two home points in their, in their race for the playoffs. Says as soon as the Storm <coughs> got that 3-2 lead, which was, you know, it was a real a real shot to the gut. In, at the start of the third period, they proceeded to do what Manchester do well, which, especially on that tight rink, is just to clog everything up and, and get in the way yeah. and, and, and stop the Giants from creating anything. It's not the first time we've done it too, is there? No. Nope. Um, I remember the couple of, this might have been towards the end of last season. Um, you know, we were again controlling the game. Uh, they got third period and, and, and spanked us again. It's, you know, I, I remember texting our WhatsApp group, uh, I think it was probably just in the second period. And we were winning 1-0, and I said, we need another goal here. We really do. And at that time, again, we were, we were I wouldn't say dominating, but we're certainly on top in the first 40 minutes. But let's be honest here, that third period is not acceptable. There's no chance and uh, no point in beating about the bush. It was not good enough. Um, the boys don't need me, me to you know, come on a podcast and tell them, me, tell them that. They know that that effort was not good enough. Too many unforced errors to... You know, give the puck away, cheapless, cheaper, and and needlessly, and and you know, taking chances to try and get the goal. I understand that, and I'm all, you know, taking those chances. But you know, when you're when you're basically when you're when you're two one in front, uh, you're getting that period. Um, yes, Manchester are on the power play, but we should have done better. That's it, it's it's if it comes down to losing the league with two points, that's definitely one of the games that Adam Keith and Steve Thorne to look back on and go, that that could have been the, the the major factor in why we lost this league, and that's the bit that's probably going to hurt more than anything else. So it's you know our league form uh, away from home since Christmas has has been poor. Um, eight games, only two wins, um, six of them, uh, six losses. I know we've lost a double header and in um and Cardiff. I know we're pretty sure we lost against um, Nottingham. We get beat by Glasgow five nil. Um, you know Manchester have now chipped in there, but again, as I say, it, it's certainly the effort from that third period um, wasn't acceptable. And yes, we learned from it. Come out be a good performance on Sunday, which we'll go on to talk about. But again, that that third period effort really does stick in the gut. 
when from my own point of view stood up there in the way and it just that third period was just a just a ball of frustration when when you know that the ability that this team has and the the, the chances they're able to create and the, the storm did really really well just to sort of break the play up but the giants also were the masters of their own downfall at times and passes weren't going to tape they were too far ahead they were too they were too far behind there was nothing really coming in there were guys taking desperation snapshots to try to beat Ginn who's a good goalie maybe not the best goalie in the league as Chris Auger tried to say but he's a really good goalie and it just seemed to like it just as as that period wore on, I was stood up in the in the corner of my good friend Gav Hall, and I just kept saying to him, "This isn't coming." We're, like as the game just started to go, it went three two, and then when it went to four two, it just seemed to get a little bit you know a little bit worse. Of course, it is they went to go ahead, but the Giants just couldn't get that desperation play, couldn't get that urgency, and you know the the Storm were happy just to keep the puck and stand behind their goal, and there was no real. No real desperation for check to try to force them out of it, and like you say, says it really wasn't. It really wasn't um, acceptable at this stage of the season. Chasing what we're chasing in that rink against a team who are ninth in the league and nearly thirty points behind us. That, that, I don't mean to say it should have been a formality, I, but I definitely think that we should have shown ourselves to be the the stronger team, which in in the first two periods I think to an extent we did. But in that third period, it just it just just fell apart. Davy, oh sorry, Joel, the um, the frustration, and then what's led to you know the comments after the game from Adam Keefe about passengers. It seems that there needed to be a bit of a reject. Yeah, unfortunately, whenever it's not this kind of crucial time of the season, a game like that is usually the thing that sticks a rocket up you and reminds you of who you are and, and how you should playing um but as the boys have said there i mean that's it's a it's a fair assessment i think you're being you're being frank and honest and i think you're right um you just can't at this stage of the season i, I don't know how many times everyone has said every game's a playoff game and i guess it was clear from from the drop there that we weren't on that ice to play a playoff game and, and put the bodies on the line and, and and dismantle manchester quite like we did the next night in sheffield um, the, the manchester loss was no doubt the catalyst for how well we played at home on sunday um but it just uh, timing it just can't happen you, you, you can't you can't afford to learn those lessons whenever those points are just so crucial let's let's move on from this game the the highlights from the game storm tv are on youtube and you can also get the post game interviews with adam keith and blair riley on soundcloud.com for slash avftb there was a day off on saturday as the giants traveled back to belfast to take on sunday against the Sheffield Steelers. I was going to say the Sheffield Steelers' final trip of the season to the SSA Arena. That's not been decided yet. There could be another one. But the Giants were comprehensively the victors in this one. 5-1 over the Steelers. Adam Keefe saying on Friday night that they needed to score more than two goals in a game. They got more than two goals in this game. Patrick Dwyer opened the scoring in the first period. Jordan Smotherman doubled that lead early in the second. Blair Riley who wasn't pleased with his uh, interference call from Andrew Dalton and made that known in his celebration as he made it 3-0. Kyle Bond made it 4-0. And Colin Shields, the man of the moment we'll be talking about later, made it 5-0. Ryan Martinelli scored the goal for the Sheffield Steelers in the third as Andrew Dixon stepped into the goal. Uh, Tyler Beskarowani was in nets for the first 49 minutes and 52 seconds and made 19 out of 19 saves. Andrew Dixon took the last 10 minutes 
uh, two saves on three shots. Jackson Whistle with the loss, the other side, 35 saves on 40 shots. Your referees were Andrew Dalton, as I mentioned, and Dean Smith. Davey, I'll start with you in this one. As I said, both Adam Keith and Blair Riley said in the post-game on Friday they needed to find a way to score more than two goals. And while maybe the start of the game was a bit scrappy, they scored five. Yeah, and, and, and look, they scored five. And as it pains me to say, Jackson Whistle could well have been there in the match. You know, he, he turned away an awful lot of rubber on on Sunday afternoon, the old uh, Sunday afternoon matinees often take a little bit of time to get going. And it did take us that sort of first 10 minutes to, to bed into our patterns of play and stuff. But, you know, we were getting really, really good shifts from the, the third line and the fourth line and boxy and hooky and that coming up with some real energy shifts, you know, turning the tide. And, you know, Paddy Dwyer comes up with that first goal. He really makes the effort. He, when you see the super slow-mo, whenever, as soon as Bonner gets it and steps over the blue line, Paddy Dwyer just hits the Jets and he, he ghosts into that. Martinelli doesn't have time to react. I can't remember who the other D-man is. Um, was it Evan McGrath? It it was, says, yeah. Can you remember? Um, it was McGrath. I can't remember who it was. but the, the it was, two it was, of them, Sorry, it was Martinelli and McFadden. Well, whoever, I know it was Martinelli. I can't remember who the, you said McFadden. Just get surprised by the effort level of and the complete level of, of Dwyer to go in there. And a lovely tip to put us ahead, and I knew, and then we'll go on small with the, the the sort of the diving play on his own rebound, and and then Riley obviously coming out of the penalty box, bit incensed with the call. I, look, I can I can see why Andy Dalton might have called that from a distance, but you know Dean Smith's right on the spot. It's not a trip for a start, you know. It's it's a it's a confusing one. It's it's just look, it's called, and you get on with it, and. Uh, you know, the best way to answer what you believe is a bad call is for your penalty kill to come up big and, and then go and score straight away is when you come out of the box. You know, it doesn't get much better of a reply, if you like, for that. And and then, obviously, Bonner coming up with a really good goal and, and Shed's rounding it out with the, the one up over the shoulder. of he, I think he actually calls fairly as a bit of a bluff in the middle and then just lifts it up there, mm-hmm. you know, to give us that 5-0 win or 5-0 lead. Sorry, obviously, the... Deco coming in in relief of Besco, obviously, and, and, and coughing one up the Ram Martinelli. But, you know, it was a really, really pro performance from pretty much every man on the roster put a shift in on Sunday. And, yeah, it's frustrating when they do that and because it's it's the fine margins that, that you know, this league will be decided on. Unfortunately, we couldn't get the two points on Friday night and, you know, we were dominant. Sheffield aren't much of a team at times and, you know they they're a team that needs to get a lead and, and defend the lead because you know they, they they don't chase very well at all. The the Patrick Dwyer sort of uh, backhand give to Kyle Bond for his goal, just taking Ben O'Connor out of the play was an absolute beaut. Says uh, the Giants. I think the commentators curse. I know you said about how you know, it didn't look like they were they were a little bit scrappy, a little bit you know leaning back on what was happening on what happened on Friday, and then we scored. But once that goal went in, the Giants started to look stronger and stronger. Now it's worth bringing at this point. We're unbeaten in the league at home since the turn of the year. Yeah, again, the home form's not an issue. Um, the the game on on Sunday there against the Steelers. You're, at no time, and I'm, I guess it was a scrappy start to the game. You know, they, they certainly weren't putting the, the uh, puck on the tape, but at absolutely no time did I think we were going to lose that. I honestly didn't. You know, especially after coming in after the uh, disappointing result in Manchester the, the night before, or sorry, on, on the Friday night, 
and I genuinely didn't think we were going to have a, a chance of losing that game. Um, but again, you've got to take your chances. We did that on uh, on Sunday afternoon, Sunday night. Um, you know that like, Adam switched his lines up after Friday. Uh, he went with uh, Smo, Dwyer, and Bond, um, and then it was Riley, Johnner, and uh, Darcy Murphy. I mean, if you look at the score in there, Darcy Murphy didn't get a point. Um, he's had a a quiet last week, couple of weekends. Hopefully, he can you know find a bit of uh, a bit of fire again coming into you know last weekend of the league season and into the playoffs. But uh, I think it's maybe because players are opposition players are are sort of just taking the space away from them and and double teaming them on a lot of opportunities when they get the chance. So, but again. Dwyer, Smotherman and Baum were outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Unplayable, if you want to put it that way. Uh, I, I, I know Boxy got man of the match. I thought every shift that Boxy got yesterday, he put, as he always does, 100% effort into it. But he created chances. I think he was unlucky not to score. I think he was actually very unselfish because he, he, he had a big, glorious opportunity in the second period to go down and, and take the shot. And he, he gave it up to make a pass. But... Uh, Overall, a dominant performance against the Steelers. Um, you know, disappointing to give up that goal to, to Martinelli, uh, shorthanded, you know, halfway through the third period. But at, at no time did we look as if we were going to lose that game. Joe, you chatted to uh, Boxy after the game, which is well worth a listen. I say they put on, Davey put on Twitter as well, all the fields about you know where his career and what comes next and his love for the organisation. But he did put a shift in in that game. He did absolutely. Uh, I, I go back to the the old kind of American football offensive lineman analogy. There's a number of players on that team. You only really notice when they do something wrong or, or make a howler, but the rest of the time they're just relentlessly grinding. I think Mark Garside is in that league as well. Um, I just absolutely adore Boxy. Yeah, I made no, make no mistake about it. He's, he's one of my favorite people on, on the team to chat to. He's just since he came back this year, especially. Just so so grateful to be playing in Thailand, to be playing for this organization, and it just it just pours out of him whenever you get a chance to speak to him. Really, really lovely interview that that just says in no uncertain terms what he thinks of, of this club, this organization, and it was just a really nice sort of uh, sub narrative for him to get that nod after a, a big win. Um, I guess in terms of the wider game, I think the thing that will hurt me the most about this season, when it's all said and done, if the league doesn't go our way is that we're such a good team. Like, I feel, I don't have the numbers to back this up, you'll probably crush me, but in any other season, I feel like what we've done since September last year would have been enough to take the title. Uh, and, and whenever you play a game like that following Manchester, I could tell from the outset we were playing angry. Cal uh, Bon was playing with a chip on his shoulder all night. Jim Vandermeer clearing the, the crease with, with a big face wash. Um, Riley's venom whenever he scored that goal and, and the, the celebration. Um, I agree the performance wasn't acceptable in Manchester, but to the people who said that we didn't care, watch that Sunday game back and tell me again about how much this these this roster and these players care about playing for this club this year. Um, I can't really say much more than what the boys have already said. Pretty still first period, but after that, um, just a meticulous demolition of, of a, a Sheffield team who have been a thorn, a thorn on our side kind of all year. Um, it was lovely to have a number of kind of great moments that lit the crowd up again following that flat Friday. Smotherman's commitment for that 2-0 goal, the phenomenal photo from William Cherry as he supermans over the crease. Uh, Shieldsy's goal, that tight angle on the right wing. Dicko flashing the glove on Doughty right at the end. Phenomenal. Um, 
I guess the thing is, if we go down, we go down swinging, and to a certain extent, you'll near, hear no complaints from me because that on Sunday was just a flash of the team that we have been all year and the, and the team that we are. Unless anybody has any further comment on this, I'll, I'll move on because we've got a lot to cover. Nope, on that. <laughs> Easy. I'll, I'll take your silence as they move on. Then you get the game report <laughs> from Mr. Joel Neal, the highlights from Belfast Giants TV, and the post-game interviews on kingdomofthegiants.com. Right, before we move on to look just briefly at the league table, uh, just a quick shout-out for our sponsors, Beer 52, the uh, UK's number one craft beer subscription service. If you like your beers from all around the world, they'll send you a box of eight of them. And uh, every single month, what was that? Every single month, uh, it's a different theme. This month, the theme is the rugby and the Six Nations Championship. The different beers from all the different countries, some very nice ones there as well. So you can go to beer52.com forward slash AVFTV. And of course, the first box is free from us. Uh, also, a big shout out to Phonacab, who sponsor our Player of the Month award. What's that number, says? Uh, travel three, travel three, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. I thought you'd be a little bit more enthusiastic, but you know, that's fine. <laughs> no, travel three, travel three. I'm just, I'm just surprised you had the ask, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, total performance fitness, which of course we'll get a lot more mention as we go on, but they sponsor our post-game interviews right briefly around the league because i don't really want to linger on this too much just the league table itself as you know 60 games in total and how it stands currently belfast giants have three games yet to play two at home against the flowers and stars and one away on wednesday night to the blaze cardiff they've won at home to lightning and one away on sunday to the blaze as it stands the cardiff devils lead the way 90 points from 58 games the giants have a game in hand at 57 games played, and are four points behind. Nottingham Panthers have more or less solidified their third place with one game left to play. They are on 70 points. The Glasgow clan, 58 games played. Well, actually, no, do the Calcs, they have. Panthers have solidified third place, 70 points. Glasgow clan in fourth, 65 points. Then the Flames, the Flyers, and the Steelers have all qualified for the playoffs on 64, 64 and 62 points respectively. There is only one playoff place left to fight for and that will be fought for between the Coventry Blaze, Manchester Storm and the Dundee Stars who are there, 58, 57 and 56 points respectively. And the Milton Keynes Lightning, they're on their way out of the league. They're eliminated from the playoffs already and they're only on <coughs> 34 points. Um, gents, just very, very briefly... I'll, I'll I'll start with yourself, Davy, on this. You know, it's it's tight at the top. The Giants have those three points. They have those sorry, those three games to play. It isn't in their hands, but they have to keep the pressure on. Yeah, look, you know, all we can do is win, win through, and 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 see what happens. I think Cardiff have a bit of a gimme, with all due respect, against Milton Keynes and Cardiff, and they're going to have to go to a Coventry team that will have played a lot of hockey before. Cardiff arrived there on Sunday, so it's going to be very difficult for us. We're going to need to go after things on our own end of the ice, and we've got a difficult game on Wednesday. We've got a travel day Thursday, game on Friday, you know, game on Saturday. So it's a it's a busy end of the season. Difficult games. Dundee fighting for their lives. Fife perhaps not so much to play for on the on the Saturday, but you know, 
we can we can just do what we've got to do and, and go to Coventry and, and come out positive, play with that chip on your shoulder that you were talking about there in the Sheffield game. Got to play angry from now on in. You know, with potentially seven games as it left this season. Mm-hmm. You want to play all seven. You don't want your seventh game to be third, fourth place playoff and you don't want to end up just playing, you know, five games. So, you, you know, you want to maximise this season as much as you can. We talked about that sudden death and you see the... The emotion of some players who know it's it's coming towards the end of time for them, and you know they'll want to go out with with some something tangible to, to remember this season by. They've had the Challenge Cup; it gets you a taste for more. And you know, certainly, I'm I'm hoping that they're able to push it right the whole way to Sunday afternoon. Wednesday's game against the Blaze is 7.30pm and it's on Free Sports. It's at the Sky Dome. Then back, as Davey says, we've travelled there on Thursday. Friday at home to the Five Flyers, 7pm. And Saturday at home to the Dundee Stars, 7pm. Tickets, 0289073-9074. And if you can't get to those two home games, Belfast Giants TV says... Between those three games, obviously all three games needed to keep the pressure on the force Cardiff to go to Coventry on Sunday and take the win. But where are the dangers for the Giants from any of those three games? The first one, you know, Coventry. If Coventry win on uh, on Wednesday night against us, then I think I'm right in saying they only need a point mm. um, from the remaining two games and. You know, one of them is against Manchester. That game on Saturday night in the uh, the Chisel Pip um, is uh, is crucial. You know, it's absolutely huge. And if that's the case, then Coventry could go into Sunday with the game meaning absolutely nothing. You know, if 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 you look at it the other way around, you know, Manchester, uh, I've got two games left. Who's there? Is there a game against Milton Keynes? Who Manchester? Manchester. I'm not sure. I think so. Yes, it is. Yes. You know, so technically that's a given. Um, so that that game for Coventry on Saturday night is absolutely huge. Um, if they beat Manchester, um, then they're they're in, and Sunday means nothing. Which means, yeah, you know, could it be a backup goalie coming in for Coventry? It's the Cardiff Devils. Let, let's be honest here. Cardiff Devils got the title. You know, they just have to turn up for two games, and and you know, it's completely out of our hands as it sits right now. So. It's all on Coventry. You know, Wednesday night, Giants versus Coventry is huge. If I'm writing and uh, what I'm about to say, then it, it, we beat Coventry on Wednesday night and we beat Fife on Friday night, then we could be top going into Saturday. That is correct. Um, and if that's the case, uh, as I say, I agree with Davey. Uh, Cardiff just need to turn up against Milton Keynes. You know, Milton Keynes could just roll over. Um They've got three and three, from my understanding, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So, you know, they played Adam Goss last week. You know, they could end up playing him again. And with the greatest respect to Adam Goss, you know, he's not a starting goaltender in this league. So, um, bottom line, completely out of our hands. But you want to finish the season on a positive. So, first game is the most important one. We keep on talking about it. Uh, You know, you just... Beat what's put in front of you. Coventry Wednesday night's massive, and it's great to see that free sports are picking it up and it's going to be on show on uh, Wednesday night. It, Joel, it is a frustration looking back to that Manchester game, considering that the next star on Sunday night that the Cardiff Devils fell at the hands of the Dundee Stars, and it would, that would have helped us out massively. But we've got to put that in the back of our minds and realise that the situation today is the same as the situation as it was this day last week. We, we need the Cardiff Devils to fall at least once 
to allow us to come back and we have to keep these three games at a top level for the Giants. I'm sure I'm not the only one. Uh, I actually I sat with Sis and, and a few others in the media room and watched the end of that uh, Cardiff and Dundee game. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that sort of flashed through my head and, and I've lost sleep since thinking, you know, if we just taken two points on Friday, like what a difference it would have made on that table. But it's uh, it's sliding doors, isn't it? It's that old butterfly effect. You know, it's uh, if, if you wind back in time and we taken those two points, that Cardiff, Dev- or Car- uh, sorry, Dundee Devils game could have gone an entirely different way. It just is what it is. You can, I guess you can, you can mull over permutations until you're blue in the face, but uh, win out, that's all it is from now on. Three league games left, win out, and if it's out of our hands, the next best thing we can do is to make it as uncomfortable as possible for the Cardiff Devils and their fan base, and that's what I hope that we do between now and the last game this weekend. Wednesday, away to the Blaze, 7.30pm, live on Free Sports with Murph, Paul Eddy, and Chris Ellis. Then back to the SSE Arena on Friday at 7pm against the Flyers and Saturday at 7pm against the Dundee Stars. Like I say, tickets 0289073-9074 or you can join Mr. Kitchen on Belfast Giants TV. Now, before we move on to the main part of the show, uh, just a bit of a shout out. Joel, do you have info on James Glover and the Irish roller hockey stuff? Yes, uh, our, our very own operations manager of the Belfast Giants, James Glover, is once again taking his uh, Team Ireland inline team to the World Roller Games in Barcelona. Um, the boys, it's, it's a lot of self-funding, a lot of hard graft in the background to make something like that happen. So um, they're, they're organizing a fundraiser at the minute at the lifting room uh, in a few weeks. It's going to be uh, a spinathon. So uh, the, the very thought of Red Face Glover uh, on a bike for ours is enough to make me want to donate. But um, I would just encourage everybody, if you can, just to, to support an absolutely fantastic uh, cause and, and get the boys out there and sort of uh, make their costs as, as little as possible. Um, we'll put Glover's Twitter and, and the details on how to donate onto our our own Twitter, I guess, whenever the show's out. Um, but if you can, if you put it this way, if you would buy Glover a pint for uh, for doing a spinathon and and, uh, <laughs> and probably making himself book on a bike, um, if you would give a pint to the boys that are heading out there to, to compete in the in the roller games, then definitely throw a fiver or, or as much as you can spare his way. And, and I'm sure we'll, we'll publish the details tomorrow. Here, here. Uh, good luck to him. Uh, I know that you did a great interview with him at the very start of the season on Kingdom of Giants. That's still up there, so we'll post that up again about how, how that Irish roller hockey stuff is going. Yeah, fantastic. Good luck to him. And as I say, if you've got anything you can throw their way, then do it. Um, right. Now, in a very special conclusion to this week's podcast, we at A View from the Bridge are honoured to pay tribute to the all-time top point scorer of the Belfast Giants, the all-time top point scorer of Team GB, the all-time top point scorer of the Elite Ice Hockey League, a veteran of 11 seasons and titles for the Belfast Giants who honours include league titles, Challenge Cups, a playoff trophy, World Championship gold medals, British Player of the Year awards, and NCAA captain, sorry, NCAA champion in Hockey East with me, and an NCAA All-American team member, an NCAA All-Star, and a sixth-round draft pick for the Philadelphia Flyers. Today, he shares some views with Davey and all of us. Okay, we're joined now by TPF Supremo and a sponsor of the show and uh, a good friend. Colin Shields Sheds, it's uh, a sort of happy, sad time for me here to bring you on the show tonight, but you've got a little announcement that you'd like to make. Yes, just um, thanks for having me on, of course. It's always been a pleasure. And um, yeah, I'm announcing today, uh, Tuesday, that uh, this upcoming weekend will be my last weekend 
regular season hockey for the Belfast Giants and as a professional I'm hanging up the skates after this season and, and retiring. It's been a it's been a great ride in Belfast. You hold a, an awful lot of records. You've played, you know, the most games ever for the club. But it's 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 going to be a time in your life that you're going to look back with with real good memories. Yeah, obviously, it wasn't a decision I made lightly. And you know, we sat down with my family and and you know, it looked at uh, you know how I was feeling. And and I've said a few times before the season started, I thought I still had a another couple of years in me, but, uh, you know, this is the right time for me to step away from the game and, and, uh, you know, hopefully we can, we can finish on a high here with the season coming to a close and, um, obviously going away with the, the great Britain national team as well for that to my last tournament, uh, hopefully against, you know, uh, the best teams in the world. It's, uh, you know, it's a good time. I'm, I'm content with my decision. I'm happy with my decision. Obviously, um, it wasn't, uh, an easy thing to do. It's hockey's been my whole life. It's, the only thing I've known, um, and yeah, it's it's going to be tough stepping away from the game. But but as I said, I'm happy with it, and it's happy for you know my family and and to make this next step into the next chapter of my life, and um, you know focus on family and health and and uh, you know everything that comes along with it. We were talking to Todd Kelman that be later in the show, but he was saying that you know. Colin Ward, who had just finished with the Belfast Giants, went off as a dual national to the World Championships in 2004-2005. In and, and he phoned Killer up and said, there's this kid, he's a flying machine, keep your eye on him, he'll probably play for a few years in, in the States and Canada, but if he ever comes back to the UK, you have to get him in Belfast. And, and so it transpired, just like the, the next uh, winter, Theo Fleury, Ed Courtney et al. were playing, and, and you became a, a, an option to come to Belfast, and, and you took that option up. Yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, uh, I was hoping to sort of try and continue things in North America and try and uh, had a kind of a rough first year in the, the East Coast League. Didn't really have a lot of success. So I was hoping to try and get have another good year over there and uh, possibly try and get to the American Hockey League, but it didn't happen. And uh, I was fortunate enough to get the call from Ed Courtney and played on a fantastic team that year, won the, the Elite League Trophy and uh, Championship. So it was... Uh, it was a great experience to come over to Belfast that first year and, and uh, get a little taste of what the city and everything had to offer and the fans. And I thoroughly enjoyed myself. And, and then went back to North America, gave it another shot. Um, and things didn't work out and then made my way back to Belfast a couple of years later and, and uh, pretty much been here ever since. There was a lot of success in those late sort of 08, 09, 10. You captained the club to play off success and, and with different other successes. Now, that must be a time you also look back on with real fullness, being the captain and, and lifting championships as as the leader. Yeah, I mean, you know, for, very fortunate enough to have some, play with some amazing players throughout my career and uh, and on some amazing teams. I mean, we've had so much success here over the ten or eleven the eleven years I've played here and and before that too. So I mean, very fortunate to play for the club with um, such a pedigree and uh, you know such a history of winning and. Um, you can see that the, the players that we attract and that come and play for the Giants, we're very fortunate to, you know, myself to be able to play with players like that coming through the ranks. And, uh, you know, we wouldn't have any success, you know, individually without those guys. And um, as you said, those are some fond memories back then. And it seems like a hundred years ago, but, um, so, you know, we had some great teams back then. And, you know, as we do now. That, that, that weekend's one that, as a fan, you know, 
only picked picked the playoffs up once in the last lot of years. And you know what a weekend with Stephen Murphy playing out of skin, Jeff Swayze, you know, scoring those penalty shots, and Evan Shabry coming up obviously with the with the big goal as well. But you know the celebrations and 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 you lifting it being uh, that fantastic picture of you with the guy I want to ask you about now, the the Jim Gillespie, the Jim Gillespie factor around you staying in Belfast and just what he brought to the club and in, in his era. Yeah, it's um, you know that weekend was pretty special to to come up short in the league that year by one point and then to go into that playoff final weekend and win both games in the shootout. Um, Swazer with the big goals against uh, Nottingham in the first game and, and Murph with some unreal saves and uh, and you know Murph was that was that massive save and, against Cardiff and then in the final shootout and then uh, you know Chevy came up with a big goal. It, it, just, it was a special weekend. We had a special team that year. Um, as I said, lots of special teams over the, over the years, but that was a real special team. That was a really tight knit group. That's one of the tightest teams um, that I think I've been a part of, and uh, you know it really was a good run. And, and you know I thought we maybe deserved more during the regular season, but uh, you know to win the last game that year and, and to lift the trophy in front of the fans was was something special. And uh, to have Jim there and be able to you know share that with him, and he means so much to the club and the city and. Uh, who knows what what would have happened after those first few years if Jim hadn't stepped in and, and helped save the team there? I don't think uh, you know he maybe gets enough credit. I think you know he 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 stood in there for this club and you know put a lot of money of his own money on the line and, and risked a lot to to keep the club going. And uh, we owe a lot to him for you know for us being here and for for us being able to have the success we've had. And then obviously the following season you decided to take a contract that came with a free ski pass. And uh, went off to France, and then obviously back back to the Belfast Giants via the Steelers after a few games, and and you've been here ever since, so which is is a blessing to us, and you know, and you've racked up those those records that we talk about all the time, and not least that just in in January they're passing the all time leading scorer as the the elite league's top scorer ever. You must be pretty proud of those those achievements too. Yeah, well, you know, I always said it's always good to try new things, and I figured skiing was something I wanted to try. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that was you know a decision I made at the time, and uh, you know wanted to possibly try and try and progress into playing hockey in mainland Europe. And you know, it was one of the things that uh, made the decision at the time. And you know, looking back, you know, don't have no regrets. But um, you know, it was unfortunate that the opportunity wasn't quite there to come back to Belfast. I, you know, when I went to Sheffield, but I was. Luckily enough that uh, the opportunity arose around Christmas where I wasn't happy where I was and, and came back and I've been here ever since. So, um, you know, it's been a great ride and, uh, you know, I'm just really thankful for all the opportunities that uh, teams have given me and, and coaches as well. And, um, you know, a lot of good friends and it's um, it's going to be a tough weekend coming up. <laughs> um, everyone to a man and a woman believe it or not that we have spoken to over the last couple of days when we've been putting this special show together have said how loyal a friend and a man you are and I can I can you know rubber stamp that from my own experiences must be something that's very very important to you you know you've been loyal to Belfast but to your friends and teammates you know to a man they've said that was one of your most endearing features yeah I mean just trying uh you know, treat people the way you want to be treated and just try and be a good person. And, um, you know, it's something I try and install in my life. And, you know, it's really important to, to show people respect and, and hopefully you'll get that respect back. And, 
you know, I'm really, my parents have done a great job bringing me up and, and uh, a lot of thanks to them. And, and uh, you know, my family means, means everything to me. And, uh, you know, the fans and everyone's been great here this year and, you know, really stuck by me through some tough times and through the injury. And, and uh, that was a tough thing to, to come out of. And, you know, it really showed a lot of support by the fans, you know, sticking by me when, uh, you know, things were tough there for that couple of months. And uh, still a little bit of hockey to be played here in Belfast. Obviously, big weekend, big big week, three games in the next sort of four or five days for us, and then potentially a playoff championship. And then, of course, the the the, the golden card of the the World Championships at the, the postseason with uh, with Team GB against the the very best in the world. That's something that you've been involved in the GB program here. If I scoot back through your elite prospects page right back to, you know, 96 when you went with the, the under-20 team. You know, you've been a GB guy every season since, you know, Granny was a girl. It's, 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 Start it's some, the time. Yeah. Your, your GB career is very important to you as well. Yeah, I mean, as I said, still lots of hockey to be played. And, and although we're sort of looking towards next weekend as, as sort of my last weekend of regular season hockey, um, you know, there's still a lot that can happen with the elite league title, and we got to keep uh, playing hard and keep getting wins, and hopefully, uh, you know, never anything can happen. So you never know what can happen with that. And then into the playoffs, I think we got a great chance there. We've uh, had a great season. The guys have done a great job, uh, you know, from top to bottom, and uh, put ourselves in a good opportunity there. We're going into the playoffs, either whether we finish in first or second, uh, for a favorable matchup, and then hopefully we can get back to Nottingham and try and finish the season a high. I think we had a, a great team this year. and uh, deserve, you know, to get even more out of it than we have. And uh, as you said, with the, with the national team, really looking forward to getting over there and, and then spending some time with the guys on that team. A lot of memories uh, growing up and playing with all those guys for the last 20 years. And I think my first year was 2001 on the senior team. And back, Stephen Murphy and I were a couple of youngsters back then. And, uh, you know, it seems like a long time ago, but, uh, you know, a lot of great tournaments, a lot of great memories, great friends again. And, um, you know, it'll be exciting to go up against some of those uh, some of those top players in the world and uh, chase them around for a little bit and try and get the puck from them. I'm gonna throw probably a difficult question at you here. You must uh, you, you've got a lot of highlights, I'm sure, because you've played 600 odd games for the club. One moment that perhaps stands out above the rest in your time with the Belfast oh. Giants. Oh, one moment. Um, I don't know. It, tough to put your finger on any, on one moment right we've had so much success you can't just it's hard to say oh this one moment this one trophy or this one we've had uh a lot of success while, while i've been here and uh you know prior to that like i said but um it was a pretty special moment to to be presented with that the frame jersey by graham walton um such a local legend and a good friend of mine and i played with him for many years and uh to be benched in the same breath as a you know, a Northern Ireland idol like that is, is something uh, it was special to me for him to be there um, to pass his record and uh, to share that with him that night. That was a pretty special moment. And uh, also the fact that I was coming back from a pretty serious eye injury, which possibly could have ended my career even earlier. So, um, you know, that was a pretty special moment. And I was very thankful that Graham was there. And obviously there's a lot of life to be lived after hockey. It's been a big part of your life, but... You know, it's, it's a it's a new chapter going to be written here. Obviously, TPF is going to be uh, a major focus for you as well as, as other things. Is are you looking forward to first of all 
after the season's over and you, you get a holiday perhaps with Claire and you know <clears throat> you must be looking forward to now making real solid plans for the future yeah I think it's going to be uh, going to be a little different it's going to be a little bit of adjustment period I mean for 30, 30 years I've been on the same schedule of you know playing hockey during the winter and training in the summer and getting ready for August or September for the hockey season so it's definitely going to be a massive adjustment for me and um, but I'm looking forward to focusing in more on my family life and, uh, you know, focusing on, you know, relationships and spending more time with my wife. And she's put up with a lot the last four or five years trying to work two jobs. And um, when I've been working at the gym, it's it's not been easy on her. And, you know, she deserves a lot of credit for, for sticking by me because, you know, I have a lot of ups and downs too. I think people only made me see the, see the good things and there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that people don't see and um you know but a lot of fond memories from hockey and um as you said with the business i'm looking forward to taking that to the next level and you know get a couple of great people working with me reese and james who just started so looking forward to as a team sort of building that up and, and see where that will go but uh you know i'm very fortunate you know to have claire stand by me and my parents as well and and uh it's not been easy the last few years and I'm really looking forward to uh, enjoying the next part of my life uh, away from hockey. Well, look, I know for a fact this won't be the last time you'll be on the, the View from the Bridge podcast. Maybe even this season, who knows? We'll maybe have you back on before the end of the season. But we have to take the opportunity to, to thank you for all your support with the podcast, with, with all the games you played for our club as Belfast Giants, because, look, we're fans of the club first and foremost. And and they I, <laughs> I might struggle with this yet a wee bit. Um, you know what you've put in for our city because because we can't is appreciated beyond the words that we can put out there. The friendship that you've given to all us at the podcast, especially me, I, I really appreciate that as well. And and look, we wish you well for this weekend, the rest of the season, the Team GB games coming up, and and with your future career, we we appreciate everything you've done with them, Belfast, and and we wish you very very well. Thanks, David. Just want to say thank you to. To yourself and all the guys for all the support. I mean, I really can't uh, can't put into words uh, how much appreciate all the fans' support. Um, everybody that obviously trusts everybody. I mean, it's, I mean, all my, my my teammates, everybody, family. It's it's so hard to, to try and thank everybody, but um, everyone that stuck by me over the years, I really really appreciate it. And uh, this is a lot tougher than I thought uh, speaking about it, but um, hopefully next time you have me back on, I'll be able to tell some more funny stories instead of here and up here <laughs> well she is Nick, we'll call it we'll call it a day for today and uh i know you've got to get back to work because you know as, as you say working two jobs isn't easy and uh preparing for for a wednesday night in cart and uh coventry as well so uh thanks very much for your time today thank you and there you have it what a career what a player mr mcjimsey you had the chance to have a chat with you it got very emotional towards the end there but you know, Colin Shields has been, without doubt, one of these standout British players. When you think, when you start to think of players who have played in this country, who have, you know, born and trained in this country, there are names that stand out, such as Tony Han, David Longstaff, Ashley Tate, who we'll hear from later, Stephen Murphy, you know, David Clark, and right up there, one of those names is Colin Shields. Yeah, he's had uh, a phenomenal career. You know, excluding his time in Belfast, you know, you take take Belfast out of it. He still he still had a hacker career, you know, over over 
Well, well over 20 years in different uh, parts of the Great Britain program, you know, starting out way back with Paisley in the in the mid-90s. You know, it was hard to believe. It was 20, 25 years ago since he first, uh, you know, started playing what was, uh, I suppose, the, the, the highest level in, in Britain at the time. And, you know, it's just, it's a bit of an emotional time for anyone. I struggled a bit today doing those interviews. Um, you know, I've been, I've been very fortunate to, to, to get pretty friendly with Colin over the last lot of years in his career as he's, as he's got older and, uh, you know, he's been a great servant to this club. He, he's won everything, you know, the, the, probably the standout moment for me um, was seeing him lift the playoffs in 2010 as captain. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, a, it was a fantastic weekend, even though we knew we were going to win before we went there. But, uh, <laughs> you, you, you know, Dundee didn't matter. I remember sitting on the train on the way up and you texted me and saying, that's Dundee. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we went then and we were pretty chilled about the weekend because we knew we were going to win. And we had players like Jeff Swayze and Evan Chevrolet and, and a goaltender in his pomp and Stephen Murphy who, who helped carry us that weekend. But the Sea Sheds and Jim Gillespie on the ice, you know, sharing that playoff trophy. And then you go on to like the likes of the 80 teams and, you know, even the Challenge Cup successes over the last couple of seasons. And, you know, but desperate injury at the start of this season. You know, he, he was coming off whatever it was, 30, 30 odd goals, one of his one of his best, you know, career seasons last year. And coming in, unfortunately, early in the season, taking that uh, that really nasty eye injury that that's, that's obviously shook him up. But he came back and he was skating well and he's, he's, he's pushed a few goals and, uh, you know, he's going to be really, really sadly missed by the Belfast Giants because you do not replace a Colin Shields. I think that's it, Simon, isn't it? It's about, when you talk about British players and talk about British players with longevity, Colin Shields is right up there. You know, he, as, as Davy said, you know, and, and as you heard his interview there, you know, part of that longevity is part of the reason. But you have to score the points. You have to put the puck in the net. And Colin Shields can put, as we saw at the weekend, Colin Shields can put the puck in the net. Yeah, I mean, first of all, Davey did a. I think he did a brilliant job of that interview. Here, here. I thought it was excellent. Um, you know, and I'm I'm old enough to remember Colin starting out as a 14 year old kid playing in the BD one and uh, for the Paisley Pirates and and uh, don't I'm trying to remember back if he actually got past me at that stage. I don't think he did. <laughs> but um, you know, even back then, you knew that he just had something, and you know, you you don't get to play a. Uh, at that level, at that time, as a fourteen-year-old, like just because you know they're they're low on numbers or something, you know, it's he deserved to be in the team, and and uh, and then obviously you're making the trip and then getting the opportunity to go to North America. I think he considers consider himself very very lucky to get that chance and and take that gamble and go away. I mean, we've we've spoke to him before um, about the time you know going to North America on his own. Um, you know, not knowing anybody where he's actually going, apart from maybe speaking to somebody on the phone. And I think back then when he, you know, they didn't have mobile phones, that's how old he is now. But, uh, you know, the, the longevity, as you've already said, Paddy, the, the records that he's broken, the, you know, the, the, the I think the most important part of it is the type of guy that he is. He's just a top, top lad. Um, I've never seen anybody... You know, give as much time, his own time to, to stand behind and get photographs and selfies and and uh, you know autographs for kids and whatever it may be. And um, and I, he needs a big pat in the back for that. But for what he's done for our club is just it, it's unbelievable. It genuinely is. You know, he's broke more or less every single record um, that you know a type of a player of his ability has gotten. Obviously, he was never much. Uh, 
of a, a penalty box visitor. Um, um, you know, uh, Davy will know how many fights he had. Was it three, Davy? Three or four? Three, three I think. Um, you know, three fighting natures and all that time. And I think that's just because he sort of couldn't really get out of, of, of the way of on those three fights. But um, <laughs> I, I think he, I, I think I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here. And I, I, when I say go out on a limb, I don't think it, it, it genuinely is, to be honest. The records that he's set for points in the elite league as a Belfast giant will never be broken. I think that's, you know, when you think of it that way, uh, it's sort of, I'm actually sort of getting chills right now and I'm lucky to call him a friend and, and be, I've been even luckier to watch him play all those games for the Belfast Giants. Score, it was even getting that goal last night. I mean, I, 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 when you're, I mean, I get, Ripped for for getting overexcited and on goals no. and what have you for chance TV. I really couldn't give a shit to be honest. I, I'm a chance fan and that's just the way it is. But seeing him score that goal last night and knowing that this this announcement was coming, sort of hit home. That, you know, hopefully it's not, but that could be his last goal as as a Belfast Giant in the arena. Um, and for that, I'm. I'm pretty sad to be honest. I think it's, you know, I still think he's got something in him. I understand. I, he's, I spoke to him at length last week um, about it, and he's explained all the all the reasons. And, and it, I mean, let, let's not forget, he's 39 years of age. Yes, he's always been in good shape, and yes, it, you know, it, it, uh, he's always looked after himself and at uh, the right things and, and did everything the right way. And he's, and he's a shining example for that. But it takes its toll, and obviously with the workload and Claire, you know, you know that Claire not getting much of his time in the last number of years with working so much and all those being on the road so much as well. Um, I think he's made the right decision, um, and I wish him nothing but luck uh, moving forward. We've spoken to friends and teammates of Shed, so so let's hear from a few, and uh, we begin with Brandon Benedict. Delighted to be joined on this very special occasion by one of Colin's very good friends within the game. And Benny, welcome back. Hey, Dave, thanks for having me. Benny, it's obviously a bit of an announcement going on today that, that Colin's decided that the time's right for him to hang the skates up. And you must have some great memories of playing alongside him. Yeah, I certainly do. Um, actually, when I first came over here, um, it's over probably around 12 years ago now, I guess. Uh, I ended up kind of playing with Shieldsy for for most of my first season, and he uh, he was a lot of fun to play with. I mean, he was uh, at that that year he actually led the league in scoring, so it's uh, you know the best player in the league, and uh, you know he certainly uh, helped my game. And um, as good as he was on the ice that year, I just remember my first year being over here, he was uh, just as great off the ice. He made the uh, the so called imports feel feel comfortable and stuff. So uh, no, I got to know him a long time ago, and we stayed in touch for sure. You look at the longevity that he's had in the game. You know, came the Belfast Giants two thousand and five ish, and it's it's now, you know, the end of the two thousand and eighteen nineteen season, and and right up to the end of a career, he, he's still breaking records. You know, showing showing those imports the the way to go. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's it. Longevity. I think when you think of when you think of Shields, that's certainly one of the one of the terms that comes to mind immediately is is his his ability to stay to stay at the top of his game for such a long time is certainly a credit to him, his commitment to the game. Um, you know, it's just, uh, you got to certainly uh, respect the fact that he was able to contribute even now, 
Um, it's certainly, you know, I kind of, you know, it blows my mind. I was just chatting with him last week and, you know, he just scored last night again. So, I mean, the guy is, is incredible. That's what he can do. And he's been doing it for his entire career. And I know we talked, you know, I, I, I take it the, the TPF thing has also helped him. He's a guy who's, he's like a student of, of the game still, and he, he learns new techniques and he's kept himself in really good shape. And obviously the gym has helped along the way. Yes, certainly. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, I, I feel like he, he really takes care of himself off the ice. Um, he knows exactly what he needs to do. I think as you get older, um, you, you learn what you need to do in order for you to be successful individually. And, and I think Shieldsy has, has done that very well. But in terms of, you know, working on his game on the ice, I mean, just playing with him, like last year, for instance, um, you know, he's the guy that's after, he's on the ice first. He's off the ice last, and he's working on the little details and fine-tuning of the game. Um, and that's why, again, that's why he's so successful. He's the perfect ambassador for kids to look up to, in my opinion, in that regard, is because the amount he works he puts in on the ice and off the ice, and that's why that's a credit to him, and I think that's why he's been so successful. Well, a, a bit like yourself, you know, there's potential for him, I would have thought, to go in and, and, and help kids. And, you know, obviously there's oppor- going to be opportunities for him at senior level as well, but maybe that's not for him right now. He's going to concentrate in the gym, but he's definitely still a lot to give back to the game. Exactly. 100%. I mean, again, I'm going back to being the, you know, the perfect ambassador for, for British ice hockey is, is, is Colin Shields. I mean, you know, he's, he's, he's very, he's a very smart guy, um, you know, with within the game but outside of the game as well i think he's you know he's just a great person um and he's able to kind of relate to the kids and obviously with his gym now he, he he's built that up to to be uh, successful as well off the ice so i mean he's um he's doing yeah he's he, i think he's kind of making his own path um you know um when he steps away from the game um and certainly i'd love to see a guy like that be able to uh give back to the game in, in british ice hockey and I know that when when Colin this announcement goes live, there there'll be a lot of accolades, and you've touched on it yourself, but there'll be a lot of accolades about what Colin has done on the ice. But you know, for you, you know, you heart back to there whenever you first came to the country as a friend, you know, as a guy as well as a hockey player. You know, he's been very very important around this organisation. Oh no, there's no question. I mean, when you think of Belfast Giants, immediately you'll think of Colin Shields. Uh, when you think of British ice hockey, immediately the first name that comes to my mind will be Colin Shields. Um, you know, he's he's game. I think individually, um, what he's done. I mean, he, he went over to Canada, did that kind of route. Um, you know, he played pro over there. Uh, he's got in, you know went to an NCAA school, D1 Maine. Um, he's had a he's had an unbelievable career for 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 a guy from over here. You know. Kind of, kind of cross that barrier, if you will, um, to really grow the game here. I think he is, he's, he's the ultimate, ultimate uh, ambassador here. And hopefully for Colin, a couple more weeks with the Belfast Giants, still a couple of trophies to be, to be fought for, and then obviously on to the Worlds. And, and what a way to round out a career, you know, with that opportunity with GB. Hopefully that he, he goes to the Worlds there and, you know, pit himself against the likes of Team USA, Team Canada to round out a fabulous career. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <clears throat> look at the look where they are now, British ice hockey. Who would have thought that you know ten years ago they'd be playing in Poulet at the World Championships? So it's again, it's it's guys like Colin that are that are building building the game here in, in in this area in this part of the world, and it's it's great to see he's uh, again as good as he is on the ice. He's he's been a great friend, um, someone that I I've been staying in touch with when I was over in Canada the entire year, constant feedback and um, giving me updates on and off the ice and. Um, you know, he's uh, he's been a great friend and, and a loyal guy to, to, to surround myself with. 
Actually, Tate, uh, retirement doesn't come easy as a decision, especially when you've got a, I guess, you know, something that you and Colin Shields have in common, a, a long storied and successful career in British ice hockey. But it's a decision that Colin's made now and maybe gives a bit of an insight from your own perspective. How difficult is it, is it to make that sort of a decision? Um, I, it's, it's huge. I mean, for, for anybody who's played, um, at that level, um, I mean, if you think about it, it, it's what guys do, you know, since they were three, four, five years old. And, and for a lot of people, it's all they've ever known. So, you know, people people forget that it's, it's you know, as much as, you know, Shields is a few years younger than I am, but, um, you know, it's all he's ever known. Um, and it's, it is difficult because you're stepping away from, from, you know, life as you know it, basically. And, and sport is, it's a short career. Um, and it's, you know, I'm sure there's been an, an awful lot of contemplation and conversation between Colin and, and his wife and his pet and, and his family, basically, and, and, you know, what the right way is forward. But, um, you know, he's also very fortunate. He, he gets a chance to make that decision and leave um, when he feels he's ready to do so. Give us your take on the man. What do you think, you know, as a teammate, an opponent, a friend, you know, what sort of legacy do you think he leaves on the sport in this country? Um, well, you know, he's he played, I, I couldn't even tell you, you'll know better than me, the amount of games with Belfast. Um, I've been fortunate to be um, a teammate of his, you know, briefly in Sheffield, again, very briefly in Belfast, probably more so with the national team, um, probably over a, about kind of a 15-year span, I would say, uh, maybe even a little bit longer. So, um, you know, he's he's um, ridiculously dependable. Um, he leads by example, never the most vocal um, player, but... You know, if, if it, depending on what's happening in the game, the chances are you're going to want Shieldsy on the ice. You know, he skates so well. He's got a great shot. Um, he's good for goals, you know, week in, week out. Um, and you know, he's just a very kind of dependable teammate who you can rely on. I think that, that word dependable as a teammate seems to be coming up again and again. He seems to be that sort of guy who is able to, to lift the game on his back. He's going to be going out, as you said, you know, you're on Team GB terms. You know, you played alongside him and his dedication to the national team is second to none. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, um, it, it the national team's a funny one and and it's, you know, the, the guys are, they go away and they're so so proud and more so kind of I'd say within the last eight or nine years um, the, the camaraderie and the togetherness that the group has had obviously that, that group grows as the years go on but um, that's the one thing that keeps it together and, and, and you've got guys who are kind of the mainstays um, of the national team and, and you know straight away you know there's a few names comes up and Shieldsies is definitely one of them What do you think sets Colin apart when it comes to when we look back at his career? Um, do, do you know what? Consistently, I think you'd be hard pushed to find anybody who puts the numbers up that Colin has done since he came in. I mean, um, obviously, he went to North America uh, as a teenager. Um, you know, he, let's not overlook he he put himself on a on a, a very very good university um, team. Um, you know, tried tried to stay in North America, came back to Britain, spent some time in France. I mean, but just just the consistency in his numbers is, is you, as I said, really hard push to find anybody who's done that. Gives a bit, maybe just before we let you go, it gives a bit of an insight. You know, yourself, David Clark, Colin Shields, these are you know, British names in this league, which is often dominated by import guys who have spent long you know, AHL, ECHL careers in North America. How difficult is it to perform at a top level in the elite league? 
Um, I, I think that's the fact that, you know, the, the names you mentioned, they have been able to do so. I think that's just drive and desire. Um, it's, the, you know, the desire to succeed and, and to be successful at that level. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's putting the hard work in. Um, you know, there's a million cliches, but it's, it's, you know, it's it's easier to do it when there's six, seven thousand people watching. It's doing it when there's no one watching through the summer months and, and making sure you're ready and, in, you know, healthy and in good shape and, and ready to do it all over again. Any piece of advice for Colin in retirement? <laughs> no, no, I'm sure, sure we'll have some conversations over the coming months. But, um, you know, l- last year was kind of a turning point for me. It was I, I spent, as a, you know, very little time kind of as a group, as a team and, and um away from the ring but obviously he's got business interests away from uh, from hockey which he's going to be able to concentrate on and, and I think um, it, it's from anybody that I've spoken to that has retired it's the it's the coming to the rink and just hanging around with all the boys and, and you know people it, it's difficult to understand unless you've been part of that but essentially you're going to spend time with a group of friends who you can take the mickey out of and enjoy good times and you know they're not all good times, but it's how you, the group stays together and how you pull people along. And, and that's the bit that I think most people miss. Um, I think Colin definitely will do. Yes, um, you're a good mate. Colin Shields is calling it a day. Um, you did the same last year. Um, can you give him any tips and advice on uh, on how your first years went? Obviously, spending so much time on the ice during your career. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly a change. Um, uh, an adjustment, but I mean, he's so busy now with uh, with the gym and stuff. I'm sure he'll he's got plenty to occupy his time. Uh, you know, you definitely miss the competitiveness of it uh, and being in the battle. Your body doesn't miss the uh, the soreness of it and the day to day grind. But uh, you know, I'm sure he won't be. Uh, I'm sure he won't be too far away. But uh, I mean, he's played a long time, and and I think the more you get away from it and look back on it, the more you appreciate uh, how long you were able to play and 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 what you were able to accomplish while you when you played. Seven years um, as teammates playing for the Belfast Giants, won numerous trophies over that time as well, and, and sharing the, the Challenge Cup last year in Cardiff. Um, good memories to look back on. Yeah, absolutely. We've got uh, a, a number of, uh, as you said, championships, uh, great victories, um, just a lot of really good time spent on the ice, off the ice. Um, you know, that's one of the things that uh, that he will find that that uh, that I found you, you know you miss being in that room and the camaraderie with the guys and, and the relationships that uh, that you make um, and, and as you said uh, obviously I mean I don't think there's anybody that's done more for this for this organization I think he owns every record uh, at least for the position that that he played <laughs> uh, you know uh, but uh, you know obviously a great career uh, with the Giants happy to be have been part of it uh, and been able to share it with him and uh, you know I wish certainly wish him all the best. It's my pleasure now to be joined by former Belfast Giant and current Glasgow Clan forward, the one and only Craig Peacock. Peaks, how you doing? Doing well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, hanging in there. Thank you. Uh, first of all, how did you feel when you heard the news that uh, the one and only Colin Shields had decided to hang them up? Um, yeah, he actually uh, he messaged me and, and let me know he was decided to do that. Um, obviously a sad day to, to see him go. He's uh, become a very good friend of mine and you know, he's only servant to British hockey, so uh, to hear that he's not going to be playing again next season, it's obviously a sad day, but, um, you know, he feels like the time's right and he's had an amazing career. 
I just want to kind of walk back through that, as you say, kind of strong friendship that you both share. The, uh, the ice hockey universe is a very small one. Um, when did you first encounter each other? Was it your first year in Belfast in 0910? Yeah, it was my, my first season um, when I moved over to Belfast. And obviously, Colin, a little bit older than myself, um, and I was just a young kid coming in, so decided to uh, put me um, rooming with him. So I lived with him my first couple of years in Belfast. And um, he really under his wing, you know, wrong in many ways, and he helped me sort of become the player I am today and showed me the ropes a lot of his a professional player, and I kind of asked for, you know, a better person to do that for me. And did you click instantly? What were those early years like, kind of off-ice living together? Yeah, it's, it's kind of strange, obviously. I just kind of touched on it now. He's a bit older than me, I'm not sure about him. And we just became great friends off the ice as well, which I think helped... Um, just thought, yeah, instantly it's always tough, you know, you're moving with somebody that you don't know, but um, yeah, it was great for me, and I saw my first time being away from Peterborough and playing on a professional team, and you know, he was great to me, and we had a really good group of guys that year, and for whatever reason, we just, you know, became great friends off the ice as well, and um, it was it was a pleasure to play alongside him for all the years I did, and we I'm playing in Glasgow, we still keep in contact and talk every week, so uh as a good friend he was on this and that that friendship that's one that's endured um, anytime Glasgow are in the SSE and I'm in the tunnel for post game you're always the first to appear uh, at, at the home tunnel and that's inevitably to catch up with him isn't that right yeah absolutely um, it's you know you don't see him I used to when we were living there so uh, whenever we play against each other we play quickly and, and get a little catch up in so um you know, it's always nice to, to catch up and see what's been going on. The last time I was in Belfast, uh, actually broke my foot and it was Colin who drove me to the hospital the next day to go get my x-ray. So uh, <laughs> it was uh, how much of a good friend he still is. Yeah, and I'm sure you'll have the IOU written for that one. Uh, my favourite memory of, of you in Belfast Peaks was the, the, the on-ice celebrations with Jim Gillespie whenever we won the league in 11-12. But um, it's so easy to forget that Sheds had left for France that year, um, then returned to Belfast in 13-14 following uh, that short spell in Sheffield. And it's also easy to forget that you <clears throat> began that season in Denmark before returning to Belfast for, for what ended up being a huge season. Um, now, you obviously shared a playoffs title together in that first year, but considering all of those factors... How special was it to be able to kind of rejoin each other in Belfast and, and share a league title? Yeah, there's obviously um, a lot of factors, like you said. We, my first year, we were lucky enough to win the playoff title together, and that was something special. But um, obviously, it's the big one everybody wants to win. So, uh, you know, when your best friend leaves and you win the league, you kind of wish that they they were there to be a part of it with you. And then I kind of took the same the same path, but obviously didn't stay away for as long. And I was back that season and. Uh, you know, luckily fitted into a, a very good hockey team and we were successful that year. I think it was February, if I'm right, that we won it. And that was a very, very special season season with a very special group of guys. And uh, with one of your good friends is something I'm never going to forget. And of course, you've represented your country together as well. Um, whenever you look back at your time in a, in a GB jersey, what is the standout memory alongside Sheds there? Um, for me, I think it was uh, the year that we did really well in the qualification it was i think it was me Shez and dowdy played on the line together and uh we had a bit of success and we did well in um, japan i think winning those games in japan to get us to the final round of the olympic qualifying um that was a pretty special moment um obviously aside from that winning the gold medal in belfast as well 
and we weren't line mates at that. But again, like you know, you make so many good good friends through hockey, and obviously friends. And you know, I'm lucky enough to have have won domestic titles with him. So to win a gold medal, you know, as international teammates and program, that was uh, certainly something that's you know, looking back at it, still puts hairs on your neck and yeah. a very very special time. I was there that night and I couldn't agree more. Um, I mean, if you remove your own personal relationship from it for one second, uh, sheds his accolades and his records. How do you think the history books will remember Colin Shields' career? I mean, he's one of the best British goal scorers and point scorers that this country, you know, produced. He's, you know, one of the very select few to be drafted to the NHL and his stats and his career speaks for itself, you know, to be, playing at the level he's playing at for especially even, you know, the last three, four years and he's still putting up the points and goals and numbers at his age. You know, he keeps himself in incredible shape and, uh, you know, it's a testament to him. He's had a hell of a career. And, you know, that's what I sort of said to him personally too, you know, sad to see you go, but, you know, that's that's an amazing career that you've had. And you look back and all the goals for Great Britain, all the goals that he scored for Belfast, he's yeah. just a player you could always rely on, you know, Every single season and consistently put up the points, and uh, it's very, very special. And it'll be tough to replace. Yeah, and I guess finally, then uh, to wrap this all up, personally, um, and no doubt you've been speaking to him back and forward constantly. But uh, we've got a massive podcast together with lots of interviews from people he's played with, people that have covered his game. What would your message be to Colin Shields on his retirement? Uh, congratulations, buddy, uh, alongside you and and against you for all these years. And um, I know that we're still going to remain good friends. Uh, it's sad to not see you out on the ice anymore, but you know, the time's right and you've got a career that you can be super proud of. Couldn't have said it any better myself. Pigs, look, it's always great to catch up. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. And we're delighted, as always, to be joined by a good friend of the show and, and former Belfast teammate of Colin Shields, Todd Kelman. Todd, welcome back to A View from the Bridge. Thanks very much, Davey. Always uh, a pleasure. Thank you. And Todd, we're obviously, you know, bit of a happy, sad situation here today. We're obviously doing a special podcast on the announcement that Colin Shields has called it a career. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, and what a career. You know, like, uh, um, he's, uh, I think he's he's probably one of the best signings um, the, the Belfast Giants have ever made, um, if not the best for what he's done for the organization, for what he's done in the record books, championships that he's been a part of. Um, and, and more than all that, like I think guys that played with Shields over the years, um, especially probably the last, you know, five, six years when he was sort of an older guy and, and, um, you know, sort of bringing a calming influence. I think he's sort of been a glue that, you know, kind of held the team together. There was, there was always, I was very lucky when I was a general manager to have, a good core of guys that, and a lot of them are still there. Like, you know, like I think of, um, I always thought of Shields, you sort of the leader of the pack, but Stephen Murphy, Mark Garside, Adam Keefe was part of that. Daryl Lloyd was part of that. Jeff Mason was part of that guys that came back year and year. And, and, you know, they love being in Belfast. They love being a part of the giants. But, um, I think when Shields, you know, I know he left a couple times, but Shields, was, was always going to be a Belfast giant for life, you know? And, and I think, uh, it's, uh, it's a testament to the job he's done. And um, I don't know. I don't know if there's, I think he, he probably stands at the top of the list for, for greatest giants of all time. You have a bit of a unique kind of look at Shed's career for like, you played with him as a, as a lineman or as a teammate. You, 
you've managed them as a general manager and then you've gone on to be able to watch and sort of cover them from from you know the general manager position of another club you know yeah. look right back to sort of 2005 when we had the, the year with Ed Courtney and Theo Fleury and yourself and all that all that good stuff championship and, and Colin coming in in the, in the in the sort of late autumn and being part of that yeah I mean it, it was uh, I remember talking to um, to Colin Ward Colin Ward played with him if you remember Ward he played his last kind of last um, season with the Giants he then went and played with GB for just the, the last world championship. It was the first time he qualified, and, and that was sort of his swan song for hockey. And he he called me, and he's like, "This kid Shields is unbelievable. He's so fast. He's he's gonna like. I mean, and he figured, you know, he might have a career in, the, in North America for a few years, but keep your eye on him. He's gonna be unbelievable. And um and so we were shocked because the next year he was he'd been in the East Coast League, and then he came uh, he came across I think a year or two later, um and. Uh, and yeah, like I mean, that I think he came in and, and turned what was probably a second line into the first line. Um, he played with Jason Ruff, and I can't even remember who the other winger was. But it, I mean, his speed, his his shot, it, it just I mean, for a guy that wasn't a big body there, he just he was dominant. And and I remember thinking like, man, we got we're gonna have this guy for twenty years, <laughs> and uh, and and then he's gone the next year. <laughs> I don't know what we did wrong, but he was gone, and uh, and and it was. Uh, I don't know if it was a, a riff with the coach or something like that, but it was a huge mistake on on the Giants' part. Luckily, I can't blame myself for that because I wasn't the general manager then. But um, one of the things that I wanted to do when I was when I became GM was get that guy back and and make sure that he was there. And then again, he left for a year and to go to um, France. But it was always weird. I always bug him. I was like, he's one of my best buddies in the sport, and he's probably one of my only buddies that I would have kept bringing back because he kept leaving. <laughs> And uh, I brought it up at his uh, testimonial dinner that we were celebrating, you know, a ten-year career, but it was actually a nine-year career. And, and I still I stick to that, Davey. Yeah, and, um, I, and I know he's pretty. He, <laughs> I know he's pretty dirty about that. But you know, then then you got involved in probably one of the biggest, uh, you know, UK trade deals ever. I think um, Colin Shields for for Scott Champion. I think it was at the time. And uh, you got him back. <laughs> you, got him, you got him back in Belfast. Yeah, uh, yeah. Was that the, when he was in Sheffield? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, that was a uh, that was a lot of tuning and froing with Sheffield, um, and I, you know, it, it's uh, thank God we did. Thank God we got him back, and I mean, and then the role he played in the next coming years for the titles we won, and I mean, it, I, I have a unique experience, I guess, through the years with Shieldy because he's he's he's. It's a sad day for me. It's like I'm re-retiring. It's the last player I ever played with that still plays professional hockey. Oh. So I, he was ho- he was hanging on for a couple years for me, but that's it. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, I mean, me and Shieldy were tight from the moment he, he arrived his first year. We've been really good buddies ever since. Um, and we stayed in touch even when I moved to, um, to Cardiff. Um, you know, I, I spoke at his wedding. I hope I was, I emceed his wedding. Um, I think that was mandatory. If I get invited to a wedding, I have to do that. So, um, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's, you know, I'll be friends with him for a long, long time. That's for sure. For, for life. That's for sure. And then you go on, obviously, into the role of ownership GM Jackie Moon there in, in Cardiff, and, and you look, you look, you look in at Belfast from a distance, and Sheds still doing it night in, night out, season in, season out. Yeah, and, and it, I mean, and he's had a tough year because you know last season was arguably one of his best, yeah. um, and the season he put together for 
God, I think he's 30, last year he was 37, 38 years old, and, and he was playing on the first PP, he was playing on the first line. He, he had, you know, a point total near his career best in a league that has grown leaps and bounds in the last five, six years. Um, then this year he had that horrific injury, and uh, that's never a way you want to go out, so I'm glad that he was able to come back and finish the season and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and yeah, I mean, I think he should be really proud of the job he's done. I think the fans, I think, you know, um, the way he's going out, and I hope the fans, you know, he has an opportunity to, to celebrate with the fans, I guess, in the sense that, you know, get get what every guy wants. Every guy wants to lap around the ice at home in front of the fans that he's played for for a long time. And I think there's going to be a lot of tears, um, probably more in the stands than on the ice. Yeah. Uh, meaning, you know, like there's there's a lot of fans, there's a lot of kids that love that guy. He's... Uh, He's been great with the fan base. He's he's been an ambassador for that club. Um, you know, he wore the C for a number of years, and even when he didn't wear the C, he was still a captain. You know, and um, and like I said, the, the the stuff that he did, the important stuff when when you need guys to like bring in the new guys at the beginning of the year and show them the town and show them you know how things work, and it's that whole culture that that um, the Giants have there, and it's it's very unique, and you need guys. You know, you can't you can't you can't always show the culture from the management point of view. It has to be shown from within. And I think, um, you know, you, you've always had a good crew of guys there that did that. You, you didn't have to, you didn't, you didn't never have to sit down Adam Key for Colin Shields or Stephen Murphy or Jeff Mason and tell them to, to how to show the new guys how to be a giant. They just did. Right. And, mm. and that's why those guys are all legends. And, you know, Colin obviously leaves behind a, a, a list of records, you know, with Belfast Giants, you know, all-time elite league records and, and Team GB records. His longevity is probably one of his, his biggest accolades. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, it's nice that he'll, you know, he'll he'll be part of the GB squad. I know he's on the 28-man roster, but, I mean, you don't not take Colin Shields to the World Championships. He's a game-changer at, at any age. So he'll be part of that, and he'll uh, he'll hopefully, um, you know, he'll finish a career with, with – uh, with some pretty amazing experiences playing against Team Canada, <laughs> Team USA, should be fun. Should be really interesting for him. And you know, we, we can't we can't wrap this up, Todd, without you know, we've talked about what he's done on the ice. You've talked a little bit about how good he was in the dressing room. You know, we interviewed Brandon Benedict there, and he said the same thing. Colin took me under his wing as soon as I arrived in Belfast and made it easier for me and became a friend. But a word for the man and a word for your friend on his retirement. Well, it's hard. It's, it's, it's an emotional time. You think yeah. of, uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, I think if I was there, I'd be in tears watching him skate around the ice for the last time because, um, personally, I can think of, of, you know, the years that I needed support and I needed guys to kind of step up and, and make sure that, um, you know, that, that they had my back in the room. And, and I know Shields, he always was one of those guys. And, and, um, that stuff's so important. And, and that's why I always have, you know, I, I always have, so much time for him and so much time for Kiefer and, and Murph. And, um, you know, those guys are, are great people. And, and I think fans often think of them as great players and they forget that they take off a Jersey every day and go home to their families. And, um, they're great people off the ice too. And that's, that's as or more important than, than anything they've ever done on the ice. And, and, um, I know Shields is one of those guys in my life that if, uh, you know, if the chips are down and I needed someone, if I needed someone to, to drive three hours in the middle of the night to pick me up because my car broke down. I know Shields is the guy that I would call. So, um, 
and uh, he's just one of those guys. And uh, and I'm I'm happy to call him such a close friend, and I'm I'm ecstatic for the career he's had. And you know, like a lot of people, I'm sad that it's retiring, but every everything has to come to an end. And he's never a guy I really worried about off the ice because he's always had other business interests. He's a smart guy. He's 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 built this uh, this gym and this business that's going well. So he's retiring at a time where he can step into something else and and be a success as well, which is always nice because because you, you never want to see, you know, you never want to see hockey as, as, as the, the the pinnacle of your of your life when you have so much life left to live after it, right? It's a big part of it. And it's a great part of it, but um, there's there's a whole lot of life after after you retire. So um, yeah, for Shieldy, um, hell of a career. Thank you so much for all the championships you were you were part of and and what you did for the organization and and um, I think it's. I, you know, I think it's an obvious, an obvious one that no one's ever going to wear number nineteen again, and no one ever should. Some great words there for some great players. Uh, an interesting point from Killer there towards the end, Joel. Surely the number nineteen is destined to hang from the bridge. I loved that take from says about nobody ever touching his numbers, uh, and, and, and I, I wholeheartedly agree. Just a, a generational talent and a generational player for for a club at this level, and. Um, Although I've always said that points alone shouldn't be the reason for a jersey to hang in the rafters, I think that honour needs to be reserved for the the special few who permeate and shape the culture and the fabric of the club. But the thing is, I couldn't name you many other guys who have quietly and instinctively gone about that quite like Colin Shields, whilst also smashing every single record in sight. Um, I mean... Uh, his his on ice accolades speak for themselves. He's going to go down for my money as the greatest British ice hockey player of all time, and I'm already calling him that at every opportunity that I get. Um, but I mean, as uh, Danielle's just appeared home there, as as my own wife walks through the door from a training session at TPF with them, I think the best tribute that I can pay to Shieldsy is that no matter who you speak to, if you were to do a lap of that arena on a game night, more or less every Giants fan talks about Colin Shields as if they're his personal friend. You know, very few players who have passed through the doors of, of the Odyssey or the SSE since the year 2000 have come close to forming the sheer number of meaningful personal relationships with our fan base that Sheds has. And for me, that's because, in his mind, there's no barrier between them and him. We're all the same. Um, I, and I'm I feeling the sadness that you guys are feeling as well. Uh, but at the same time, my advice to, to the fan base as we roll into the end of this season, you only realize what you've got when it's gone. So enjoy every single shift that you get to see and just be glad that you can say you were here to see it. Davey, that shirt, 19. <clears throat> I don't think I need to ask you this. I think I know what your answer is going to be. Like it's it's an absolute lock that that it will go on the bridge at some stage. Um, the club obviously today will will put out whatever prayer. Well, tomorrow we're obviously recording Monday. We'll put out whatever press they put out surrounding the jersey. Um, for me, the need to do something um, in that PR to say that number nineteen will never be worn again by anyone else. It's 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 you know it sheds number. It says to keep. Um, when when they actually retire the jersey, I, I don't know, you know, physically, you know, we'll, we'll have a night next season, the following season, whenever, you know, there has to be a big deal made about it. For me, 19 comes off on the last night of the season and, and goes thereafter straight away. It's a, it's a lock. It's like a he'll be in the Hall of Fame in years to come. It's just one of those things. The, the, the organisation has an opportunity to do something right here. And Colin Shields has given best part of 15 years on and off of course he, he went away to different clubs and, and always gravitated back to us 
he has given this club more games than any other player ever, which means he's trained more than any other player ever. He scored more goals than any other player ever. He's had more assists than any other player ever, and on and on and on. He's an absolute lock that that 19 will eventually hang on the bridge. I hope it's sooner rather than later. Team GB is a big part of Shed's career with equal success there in gold medals and the opportunity to play at this year's Pool A tournament. Uh, the voices in the last few years who have covered that are Aaron Murphy, Chris Ellis, and one of Shed's former winning coaches in Paul Eddy. Well, with the news coming down that Colin Shields has called time on a star-studded career, the EIHL's all-time leading point-getter, Team GB's all-time leading goal scorer, I mean, not much he didn't do. Gold medals internationally, championships domestically. Sad to see Colin make this decision, but glad that he's making it on his terms. I mean, nothing to prove. One of the greats all-time on these shores. Aaron Murphy alongside Paul Eighty and Chris Ellis. We'll start with you, Coach. I mean, you won a title with Colin Shields, and I know you look back fondly on his, you know, his low-maintenance, his approach, his professional way of going about it. So tell us a little bit about Coach and Colin Shields. Well, like you said, low-maintenance. He's kind of player that you never have to worry about. You know he was a total professional, looked after himself, trained hard, was ready for every game. Uh, you know, you never put any doubts in your mind having him in your lineup. And uh, you could play him anywhere, play him on the wing, at center, on defense. On the power play on defense, he was a he was a big bonus for the team uh, to have a forward who could move the puck around like that and make plays. And uh, but the bottom line with Colin Shields was he was a good person and he was a good teammate. And I think to have success and and last a long time as a player, that's you need you need those qualities. And uh, Colin Shields had had all of it. And uh, I know he'll be really missed in in Belfast because he's had a great career there. Teams had a lot of success over the period uh, that he's been there. And, uh, yeah, it's sad to see him go, but uh, it, like you said, it's best to leave when you're ready to leave. And I, I know as a player, when I was ready to go, I went on my own terms, and I never regretted it. Well, and from Team GB perspective, some of our, the three of us, we've been very fortunate to be a part of some of those moments, broadcasting, reporting, and all that. I mean, I'll never forget the big goals in, in Belfast, Chris, when he surpassed Tony Hand. And just talk a little bit about working with Colin Shields in the national program. Yeah, you mentioned that the moment in, in Belfast, that was very special. And you can see how much it, it meant to him uh, to pass that record. I mean, for GB, I just think an on-form Colin Shields, you know, it always coincided with a with a good GB. When, when he was on form, he could do so much. And those players are, are key for the national program because, you know, Guys need to win matches against top teams and, and Colin Shields scored some big goals, not just for GB, but of course domestically. And, and as you mentioned, he was, he was great to work with uh, as, a, as a media broadcaster who worked with him in various guises, whereas it being interviews or, or pieces for programs or, or, or pieces for the internet, for the website. You know, again, he was willing to do anything. Uh, anytime he said, come and do an interview, he, he was there to do it. And, and having a small insight into the, you know, the mechanics of, of a dressing room and, and kind of watching the way the guys interact, you could see how you know he was loved and also respected by his teammates. Um, and 
as you guys have said, he's a great pro. Uh, and as, going out on his own terms, saying this is my time, it, it's great. And he'll get the adulation he deserves. It's been a fantastic career. He'll be missed, as you said, Paul. And from a play-by-play guy's perspective, selfishly, I'll miss it because every time he was on the ice, you knew that maybe he'd create something exciting. That one-timer was lethal. Uh, I'll never forget that goal when he did break Tony Han's record and just the smile on his face as we broadcast the GB uh, a game that night. And he will be missed, but... I have a, a, an insight into something that he'd probably be pretty good at, which will not be good for you, Paul Lady. I had the pleasure of having Colin as, a, as an analyst during an NCAA Friendship 4 broadcast in the first year of the Friendship 4 in Belfast. And he was so insightful, so good at, at looking at the game, much like yourself, Coach, and being able to break it down. So what a day that was, I remember. And knowing that he played in NCAA hockey, he really took that analyst role on on that day. Um, and it was so fun to be in, in the broadcast booth with him. So here's a guy that's a business owner in Belfast. His gym's doing really well. The, the EIHL and GB's all-time leading point getter. Uh, he can be a broadcaster if he wants. He can do whatever he wants. And we, we know we wish him well in, in the future endeavors. But, you know, when you lose someone like that, it is a sad day for the game. But a happy day for the player as well if he's moving on to the next chapter. And I think we've all said it on his own terms is the important thing. Not a, a horrific injury or anything like that. So we wish Colin well. But just a favorite memory each, guys, before we, we sign off. Well, I mean, it's hard to just pick something. But I, I, for me, it was, uh, you know, when just winning the championship in Belfast with, with, with a guy like him. I mean, players that are that dedicated deserve to win championships. And, and nice to see him lift the trophy uh, at the end of the year, so that'd be my, you know, special memory of of Colin Shields. I think seeing the delight on his face when, as everybody's face was, but when GB went up uh, last year in, in Hungary, I, I interviewed him on the ice, and just the smile he had from from ear to ear that that GB were going to the the top flight, and now Touchwood, he'll be part of that squad. I fully expect him to be part of that squad in in Slovakia. Um, but yeah, the smile he had after the game, and and we had a little chat. I can't really remember what the words were said, but it, but he was thrilled to, to you know to be involved in the game that long, and he was potentially next year. Let's hope he is now this year. Of course, going to be playing in Slovakia against teams like USA and Canada. But that memory will stand with me. The, the delight he had on his face on the ice. I mean, we could probably talk for two hours, let alone a few minutes, about the, probably the greatest goal scorer, the greatest point producer, without doubt, uh, in EIHL history, and. My my memory maybe was that sort of doing the friendship for them and the delight of him trying a new aspect of the game. But just just the timely goals for both domestic teams and, of course, those GB subs where you're like, oh, GB really need a goal or a chance around the power play. Come out much like Davey Clark used to do. You knew he had that big one-time shot. I'll certainly miss that. But an honor to be asked to be a part of this, especially of you from the Bridge podcast. And it's, it's not all bad because, I mean, look, these guys and Colin Shields, his teammates, are, are chasing down a, a league title. They've already won a conference and a Challenge Cup. And certainly the playoffs are still out there. And as we all agree, I think Colin Shields should and will be a part of the, the final team GB cuts. So, Colin, from all of us at Free Sports TV, thanks for the memories on the ice. Plenty more memories, we hope, as we round down this season into the World Championships. But good luck in your future endeavors, whatever they take. And uh, if you're looking for Paul Aidey's job, you, you know my number. But uh, <laughs> thanks for all the memories, and thanks to View from the Bridge for including us on this special podcast and on your announcement today as you retire from, uh, from the game. But all the best, buddy, and uh, we hope to see you soon. Thanks to those guys. Interesting comment from Ellie in the post, uh, regards to the post game at the Worlds last mm-hmm. season. I've went out of looking. I've got the audio here. 
I've been joking with you all week because in Belfast, effectively, you are the modern era leading goal scorer. Uh, Jerry Davis sits alone at the moment. You need two more. Can you do it maybe against Canada in, in Slovakia? That would be a decent way to do it, wouldn't it? Yeah, it might be slightly harder to score goals at that level, but, uh, you know, we're just going to enjoy this right now. And, uh, you know, I'm really proud of the group. It's been a long time coming, and, um, you know, we definitely deserve to be here. And That's a great interview, but you heard this chat with Davey that his international career stems back to 1996 as an under 20, and 23 years later says he's going to end his career in Poulet, taking on the best of the best. It, like it's a fairy tale if you when you look at it from from his longevity and, and playing all that time um going out uh with the opportunity I, I, I something tells me the last games against canada i'm not i can't no, i can't it's not. no i think it's, it's not is second, it, is game, it, second games against canada right okay um but even at that you know to play to be on the same ice as a 39 year old as some of these kids that are coming through and, and being mentioned as the best player in the world, such as Connor McDavid and, uh, you know, Patrick Kane could be there and, uh, Jonathan Tays and stuff. And, and to have that, uh, chance for him to do that at this age group. And, um, you know, hopefully, uh, we all know that the Shed's a great skater. I'm just looking forward to Davy Phillips, you know, going up against <laughs> Connor, Connor McDavid, it's which is con- going to be a, it's, it's a constant that I keep thinking of. It's <laughs> unbelievable. You know, it's going to be unbelievable. Like, um, but it, it look again. It, whatever, whatever way it, the uh, the world championships ends up, and um, I know that they're, I know they've got twenty eight guys there at the minute, and uh, it's it's certainly going to be whittled down a few numbers. I know I'm pretty sure Shed's going to be in those twenty five, and um, hopefully he gets a chance to, to go out there and uh, and play and, and and contribute as well. Because to be honest, I don't think he'd want to play if he didn't think he could contribute. You know. If, uh, if, sorry, if, if you didn't think he couldn't contribute, so it's 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 one of those things that you know he, he's played at the highest level in the UK for so long. You know, representing your country is is uh, it's a fantastic achievement and a fantastic honour. And he's always, uh, you know, he's always enjoyed that. And we got the opportunity to watch him. Uh, well, obviously you didn't, Paddy, but we got the opportunity to watch him uh, in Belfast uh, lift the gold medal, um, score that goal to take over Tony Hand. Dave and I were sitting up in the in the West Downs watching that game, and um, you know that was a that was a special moment. And um, it, it, as I say, I I, I I I don't have the English vocabulary to speak with all these fantastic big words, but the bottom line is he's just a fucking legend. <laughs> yes, there it is. Yeah. And you, I think to be honest, for the first time, I don't think that should be bleeped out. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Leave it in, <laughs> Joel. You know, as as Sis says, it's a uh, it's a fairy tale. You know, to, to, to play, you know, with the opportunity, as you've said, in these last couple of games, I think Davy says as well. In these last couple of games at the SSC Arena, to see number nineteen come out, and he'll be applauded, rightly so. He's a fantastic player. He has been a fantastic player. He continues to be a fantastic player. Personally, I think he's retiring. He could we get another couple of years out of him, but this this is his decision. He's going out on his own terms, and those own terms will include lining up for Team GB in front of Team Canada. 
My favorite uh, chat with Sheds this season was actually an outtake from one of these shows uh, when he was spinning old uh, stories about being away playing juniors in, in Canada and, and in the States and uh, saying that he, he shared a uh, room with, I can't even remember, the, the NHL legends. And his line at the end was, yeah, and they went on to make millions and I'm sitting here t- talking to you clowns. And uh, <laughs> that's that's one of my favorite lines from all year. And when you think of it in, in those terms, you know, for, for Sheds, for his career to, in a way, come full circle back to that and for him and I, I'm guessing this is his own uh, kind of mindset or I'm, I guess I'm presuming that he gets to go out on, on the biggest stage that he can physically attain and uh, there's just nothing more perfect than that and, and he deserves every single minute Let's return to some more interviews and uh, probably worth hearing from two men who have both coached and played alongside Colin Shields We'll hear from Adam Keith, but first let's hear from Steve Thornton Steve, Colin Shields has announced his retirement. Um, it's it's been four, over fourteen years. Obviously, played uh, eleven um, of those years itself, and spent a little bit of time away. But um, it's the end of an era. It is. He's pretty much done everything you can do in a Giants jersey. Um, he's lifted trophies. He's I think he holds every record you you can hold here. Uh, he's been a, an MVP for us. He scored some massive goals. So it's it. You know, it's going to create a big hole for us moving forward. But congratulations to Colin on such a great career, especially with Giant, the Giants. You know, you've played with him. Uh, you've been his coach. You've obviously been the general manager for a number of years now. Um, he's not going to be an easy place or an easy person to, to replace in the lineup. He's not. No, he is. Uh, I mean, he's been like an extra import for his entire career, if not one of the best imports in the league. He's. Uh, He's got that knack to be able to score big goals, and and um, he's done it uh, many times. Uh, he scored another big one for us last night, um, or on Saturday night. So he's he's uh, for us. It's a big hole that we're going to have to find uh, young blood to come in and, and take that spot. But uh, Colin will. Uh, he's he's a legend. He holds so many records for the Belfast Giants, and and obviously recently he's taken over the lead uh, from David Clark on the on the all time points leader as in the elite league area as well, and and that just goes to show how high and and, and how uh, productive he's been throughout his career. Yeah, I think last season he had over thirty goals uh, again. Um, I think that when you Colin has the puck on a stick within the top of the circles, he's got a good chance of scoring. His release and his shot are, are fantastic, and they still are fantastic. So, like, he, he, he's made a career for, for scoring big goals, and, and uh, they will be missed. I mean, goals can win you trophies, and, and that's, the, that's I think, what defined Colin. Like, he did a lot of things well. He skated well, kept himself in great shape. He was a, a good person, but he was able to score some massive goals throughout his career. Dressing room wise, um, the leadership qualities he's brought, the um, you know the the experience that he has, it, that that's going to be hard to replace too. It is. I thought he, I thought he upped his game to another level back. Um, I think in my second year when I was coaching here, and we we gave him the the C. Uh, it changed the way he played. I, I thought he was much more of a complete player, and he was focusing on not not just scoring goals, everything around him, and and as a result, we won a couple of trophies that year. As you as you move to the latter stages of your career, uh, you have to change the way you play. And I, 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 Colin still skates very well. He's still got a great great shot, but he's contributing on many other areas. Whether it's helping with the young guys, the strength and conditioning programs he puts in place for for the entire team throughout the course of the season, and just generally being a good guy. Like it's so important that you have 
um, good characters and a harmonious locker room. And, and at times, um, well, Cullen's never been a player that, that hasn't played in the power play. He's always been that guy that's been either on the, the half boards, hitting the one-timers or in the slot, getting the puck off the stick quickly on net. And there's been times this season where we've <laughs> gone with different guys and, and there have been no complaints at all. Like it, it, it's, And you need that. Like You need to be able to have... Uh, players that just want to win and at this certainly at this stage in the career Colin just wants to go out winning Steve again league championships playoff championships most recently a challenge cup still two competitions that we're we're, we're still in with a chance of, of uh, picking up and uh, Colin the, the news of Colin obviously retiring uh, at the end of the season um, there's certainly going to be a, a massive void uh, to fill in the, the coming off season yeah, uh, Colin, um, when you lose a player like him in terms of what he's done, uh, his leadership, uh, and, and the goals that he's been able to score um, from a, a British player, it's it, it's massive for us. So yeah, we're, we've got some hard work to do this summer. Um, and most summers we've got hard work to do. Like We we seem to have high turnover the last couple of years, but uh, that, that is going to be a big hole to fill. Have we got an exclusive on who's going to replace him? Not at all. <laughs> Adam, um Teammate, uh, now the head coach um, over Colin Shales and the announcement being made. Obviously, he spoke to you last week um, about his intentions and uh, stepping down and, and retiring after an illustrious career. Yeah, it's never uh, nice to see. And, um, you know, uh, when he makes comes to that kind of final decision uh, to stop playing, because he was certainly welcome back here. and. Um, but also understand the fact that he's uh, you know 39 years old and um, has done probably as much as he could possibly do in this league. Uh, you know, breaking all the records uh, um, and then you know having won the championships he's won, I think. And obviously, the fact that he's got the business as well at home and um, you know it's a lot of work on on him. You know, he goes to work all day and then comes here and and competes and. Um, obviously has to practice every day with the club and travel, so it's uh, it's a big toll and a, and a tough ask on him. How did the conversation come about? I'm sure it wasn't easy for him. Yeah, he just asked for a, a meeting and kind of let me know um, that's where his head was at uh, in regards to next season. I mean, it's definitely one that I have to respect and, and understand as well. I mean, the, it does kind of, there does come a time when, when we do have to kind of think about uh, life after hockey and um, unfortunately for us as an organization that time has come now but we've certainly uh, had some great memories of Colin and um, everything that he's done here and in his career and um, all the good years that he's brought here to this organization uh, we're certainly thankful for that You played with him for seven years as a, as a, a teammate um, any of those memories that stick out in your head obviously during that time? <sighs> There's a lot of memories uh, that I've had with Colin. Um, some on the ice and some off the ice, but uh, um, no, it's just been uh, great. I mean, you know, the, a lot of the years get blended together here. Uh, when you're here for anywhere longer than a couple years, I think the, the years all start to blend together, and you forget which teammates played with which teammates. But uh, certainly, Colin's a guy that uh, you know you, you never forget, and uh, he's had such a big impact on this organization and the city that. Uh, 
um, you know, he's, he's a friend for life, and, and I think that that's that's the things that happen here when uh, guys come here and they stay and, and they win championships together. I think everybody um, you know, becomes friends for life and, and stay in touch, and, and certainly Colin has that type of impact on 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 myself and and on this organization that uh, he'll he'll forever be remembered and welcome back here. And looking forward, um, obviously uh, he's hanging up his skates um, at the end of the season. But is there a role for him as a um, as a, a off ice uh, fitness coach or something else, especially through TPF? And he's got the experience and and know how exactly what his requirements from uh, a hockey player moving, uh, especially getting older and then looking after his body. What have you? Yeah, we actually spoke about that uh, in his uh, meeting. Um, you know about him staying involved with the team, and, and he'd certainly like to do that. And um, with his expertise being. Um, you know, as a personal trainer and a strength coach, um, it fits right into the way that we think the game is going. And uh, the next step for us is is to have a guy like Colin involved. And, and Colin's done that for the last couple of years. To be honest with you, as a player, he's done that that role for us. So for him to take a step outside uh, as an, a non-active player and come in and, and actually be our strength coach would be a massive uh, benefit to, uh, to this club and to each player on the team that um, something that we that we've lacked in, in the years is probably uh, a guy you know I we've got uh, we've all got a, a lot of work on our plates uh, throughout the entire organization so to have another guy come in and, and help out on the fitness side of things uh, and focus on that and, and put a uh, and stress that you know, whether or not it's it's Telling me they need a day off, or they need to go push harder today, or we need to lift today, um, or you know, certain guys maybe are coming back from from injury and need a little bit more work. Um, you know, it's nice to have a guy that that is readily available and very knowledgeable in the, in that uh, in that respect. Goes to show what a professional Colin is. We've we've heard from three of the coaches he's played under, and Eddie Thornton and Keith, and all highlight what a leader and dependable is the word that comes up time and time again as a player. What what a player, a dependable player he is. Um, no doubt, if we got Ed Courtney, Doug Christensen, or Derek Walser, Davey, they'd all say the same. Absolutely, I, I think you're absolutely right, Paddy. Everyone that seems to have played with him, Coaston has said, you know, good, good teammate. But even better man, you know, and Paul Eddy sort of said it all. He says you knew what you were getting with Colin Shields and you were never going to have any trouble. You knew that he was going to look after himself. He was going to look after other people and keep them accountable in the locker room. You heard Brandon Benedict say that, you know, and Todd Kelman, that when you, you didn't have to say to the Sheds, you know, can you take them and, and, you know, teach them what it was to be a giant. It was just a given that he was one of the leaders in, in the room that would go and do that. And, you know, as as, as I think you and, and a few of the other interviews and Joel and Simon have all said, he's going out on his own terms. He's not leaving the game behind. I'm sure he'll have plenty to uh, to offer the game in time to come. Strength and conditioning and stuff was alluded to there, and you know that's right up his street with the gym. And he can, uh, you know, spend a bit of time with his family now. That, that you know, I'm not saying he's neglected it by any means, but you know what I mean. You know, an awful lot of time spent away from home, training at the gym, and and on the road playing those games over the over the last 25 years. You know, the, the, he's had to make a lot of sacrifices. Claire's had to make a lot of sacrifices as well to allow him to to keep chasing that dream. And and for him, you know, the time the times now, and and come the 20th of May when we're We'll face off against France. I'm sure he'll be pretty emotional. I know today chatting to him, it was 
it was pretty tough. It's pretty, <laughs> you know, it's not my career. It was pretty tough for me to, to even talk about it. We're, we're just very fortunate we lived through an era that was the Colin Shields era. I remember personally from, you know, hearing about this guy who's playing at Maine with, with the big flow and the uh, good friends I mentioned earlier, Gavin and, and Ian Holman, who'd been over to see him play there. And um, and we heard from from Todd Kelman about what, what Colin Ward had said about the fly machine and, you know, a real opportunity. It was great that he came. Because I remember a lot of talk about where in the UK he would go and play because it, uh, while everybody wanted him to, to succeed in North America, you know, we hoped that maybe you'd see a player of that calibre come over. And, you know, Sheffield was talking about you go back to one of the Scottish teams being a Scot, you know, a lot of Nottingham maybe throwing some money his way, but it, it was Belfast that he came to. I was despite I saw him play a full season at, at Newcastle, and you know, when I, when I was living there, and he was loved there as a player. And Sheffield and Dave, you mentioned it you know, in your in your chat with with Todd Kellerman that that transfer for for Scott Champagne and you know coming back to the Belfast Giants and because and now this is where you were where his home is where his family is you know, it's it's phenomenal that the Giants have had this caliber of a player for so long and and it's a t- it's testament to the actual organization that they've been able to keep a player of Colin Shields standards the question is Mr Simon Kitchen is who steps into those shoes that's the million dollar question man you know again I, I, I go back to what I said in the, in the, the show earlier the, what Colin's done as a, as a giant is, is never going to be surpassed never uh, and, and that's just my opinion of it you know, I've been very lucky a lot of his goals get really excited with a lot of his goals um, and for the, the teams that he's been involved in and the championships that he's won um, but, you know, <laughs> right on cue. Um, but when you look look through the the roster, as, a, as the the big the big thing about this uh, player that we keep on referring to is he's a British player. They you know the British players of Collins caliber do not come along very often. You know if you look through the GB lineup as it sits right now, with the greatest respect, there's probably only three or four guys that that fit that. Mantle uh, that deserve to be on the same pedestal as as Colin just should and quite rightly should be put on. Um, you know, you, you think the likes of Ben O'Connor. I, I think Ben O'Connor is a great player. Uh, we've already had Robert Dowd as a Belfast Giant. Um, you know, the include Robert Farmer. Um, you know, Farmer's big, strong boy, and um, you know, absolute quality player. Brett uh, Perlini. Um, again at, at Nottingham, but you know if you look outside that, and again with the greatest respect, um, there's not an awful lot of players left at that sort of level that can come in and play regular um, as a as a player in this league because you know we we've talked about it on numerous occasions before. It is not a development league. This is, you know, Adam Keefe's job isn't to develop players. That, a lot of people might think it is, but it's not. Um, he needs guys coming in here. He's a tough enough job as it is. And I'm telling you now, he's going to have a tough, tough job replacing Colin Shields. Joel? I guess as I sit and think about this, uh, the, the the obvious answer is there's no one. I mean, I think we can all agree on that. Um, the, the thing that I hope and pray for 
uh, whenever you go back to what Robert Fitzpatrick has said over and over and over this season and, and will continue to say the thing that he's most passionate about, um, we can only hope that the successor to Colin Shields is two feet tall sitting in that arena every weekend right now and watching him do his thing. You know, if if uh, if we take a route one approach to player development, as is the Odyssey Trust's ultimate goal, someday, with my fingers firmly crossed, you may see someone from here break through those ranks. Um, the obvious answer, though, as I say, there's, there's just no one, and, and that's the reason we're sitting here talking about him. David. What's the question, Paddy? Who steps into those boots? Ah, uh, you don't. Um, I, I think certainly he's peerless in in his uh, in his era. Um, I think now that you know the this, the couple of names that maybe Simon has, has talked about there, Robert Farmer, you know, will get you 10, 12 goals a season, maybe fifteen on an upside. Dowdy has the potential to to get you into the twenties this season, but you know we're talking about a player here to come in and play six hundred games for the club and score over a point a game, you know, get 600 and odd points. I just don't see those players on the horizon. Yeah, like Joel, you know, Sheds has set the bar and he set it incredibly high. Would Colin Shields love a young Belfast boy to come through the ranks and play 600 games for the club and break his record? In years to come, he'd be the first one down at the arena to shake his hand because he would probably tell you what, the impact Colin Shields will have had on that guy's career and coming through total performance fitness teaching him how to be an athlete, teaching him how to be a professional. Because if that guy does happen to be in Belfast, it sheds his hands will have been all over it. You know, the DNA will be right through there. And he's taught him he's taught him how to do the thing right. And, you know, for me, I don't think there's a replacement for Colin Shields available in Britain at the minute. But, you know, Robert Dowd, for me, is probably the only one that has consistency over the last sort of, seven or years consistently came up with the, the 20 plus goals that are required you know but these guys aren't cheap you know Robert Farmer will be hundreds and hundreds of pounds a week more expensive than our than a Colin Shields same with a Dowd you know these guys you cannot replace Colin Shields like for like for for what you know what he's produced for this comp, for this this organization Stephen Murphy at the tail end of his career as well we're going to have the same chat about Stephen Murphy at some stage down the line you know, these guys to me at the moment are just irreplaceable. And, you know, sometimes British players can be victims of their own success as well because they're British. They sometimes don't, and I mean this for all our British players, maybe don't get the ice time that maybe they're, you know, they're, they're not recognised as much as import players just because they're not import players. You bring players across the water, you have to play them. You have to play them in all situations because... You know, you've, you've put your house you're on them. Invested in yeah. you're, you're invested big time in them a lot more than you're probably invested in the British players. But, you know, they're they're a, a dwindling commodity in this league, especially, you know, if the import levels stay the same and you've got to replace two or three British players, you know, suddenly it becomes, you know, we're trying to stretch this to a four-line league whenever the jobs are shrinking for British players. So it's it's a conundrum, like, I don't think now is the time to discuss who you would replace Colin Shields with because it's simply we've all said it, and you can have your say here too, Paddy. We've all said it. This guy is 
irreplaceable. There's nothing more I can say there. I think all you three lads have, have covered it. You know, as I said, Colin Shields came in in my head with with a reputation that was pretty high coming off the off the successes that he'd had in NCAA and Maine, and obviously he went back in, in Fresno and whatever and, and, and tried to try to attack it again. I was um, I was disappointed for him that it didn't work out. I was delighted for us that it didn't work out when he came back into a Belfast Giants uniform and successfully as well picking up championships. Who steps in? Uh, I don't know. They, the names that you've thrown out there, the Farmers, the Dowds, you know, absolutely, these guys are going to be fantastic players. But I think there's been it's been said many times before, the names I've rhymed up, rhymed out a long time ago in, in, in Lobby and Tony Hand and Stephen Murphy, Ashley Tate, who we've heard from, David Clark. These are guys who, you know, they're British players who are able to complete compete at that high high level against guys who have spent all or most of their career coming through the coast or, or the AHL and uh, and come into this league with a reputation on that and are competing toe-to-toe with the likes of Colin Shields which is phenomenal so who comes in not a notion um <laughs> we'll wrap things up we're going to come back to you for your final comments in a second gents but just want to say thank you very much to Brandon Benedict Ashley Tate Jeff Mason Todd Kelman Craig Peacock Aaron Murphy Paul Aidy Chris Ellis Steve Thornton Adam Keith, and of course a massive thank you to Colin Shields uh, we do have one more thank you for the final interview which will round out the show but, but to remind you that the Giants are back in action on Wednesday with Colin Shields against the Coventry Blaze live on Free Sports with Murph, Paul Eddy and Chris Ellis. That faces off at half seven before the final regular season games at home against the Five Flowers and the Dundee Stars on Friday and Saturday at 7pm. Get your tickets, get down to those, get down and see Colin Shields play while you still can. And if you can't, watch it on Belfast Jans TV with Mr. Simon Kitchen. Uh, thanks to everybody who's got in touch on Twitter at AVFTV, podcast at kingdomthejans.com is our, is our email. KOTG website for the highlights, the game reports and our post-game interviews. And I get those post-game interviews from Total Performance Fitness on soundcloud.com forward slash AVFTV. Right, one last round the room. I'll start with you, Simon. One la- Some last words for the career of Colin Shields. Listen, again, the guy's a legend. That's that's always going to come down to it. and um, He'll be forever be remembered. Absolutely has. His number should be retired. His uh, jersey should and everything about Colin Shields, I, I, I've yet to hear anybody have a bad word to say about him for his career. Yeah, you get a point who who you probably hated the sight of him. Um, I mean, the, the funniest thing that I take it from this whole interview, Paddy, was uh, you mentioned a few minutes ago when he was talking about his main um, uh, career when he was at uh, college and the big flow. Yep. Um, we need to get a picture of that because his main. Um, main. Absolutely. Let's get up and see if we can get that out there. But listen, uh, I'm, I'm I'm very very pleased that that uh, he's decided to spend this long in Belfast. Um, and I'm I'm absolutely delighted that he's going out uh, on his terms. Um, and I just wish him the best of luck because yes, we've got a few games left in the league. Um, right, as it sits right now, there's two championships still up for grabs. And I hope he goes out with both of them to finish his career on a, an absolute high because uh, we need uh, we need a Colin Shields contributing 
in these last seven games as, as David was saying there a few minutes ago. From my own point of view, Colin Shields is was a is a phenomenal player for the Belfast Giants. I'm very sad to see that he's decided to retire. I'm very pleased to hear that he's retiring on his own terms. Things come to mind as David mentioned earlier, you know, that playoff championship in 2010 and lifting that trophy high and and his, his relationship that he had with with Jim Gillespie and passing the trophy over there. Just things that bring a tear to the eye. How much of a buy-in to the organisation. All the things that pop into the head are the goals of the Sheffield Steelers that he had against the Belfast Giants, which and and, and the way he celebrated towards Boomerang Corner. And but you know that these things that's just the way it is with this sport because every time. Every single time that Colin Shields scores in that West End goal, he turns to his right and you can see him point up to the guys at Boomerang Corner, point up to the fans because that's who he is. That's what the relationship he has with this organization, with the fans. You say there, says, you know, the top guy. Absolutely. No, after the game on uh, on Friday, I was stood waiting just to, to do a couple of the interviews and, and he came out, uh, shook his hand, I wished him well and you know, had a really nice chat with him because, you know, he's just one of the good guys and we've heard it from all the interviews thus far. One of the good guys of the game, as our good friend Neil Russell would say, one of the true gents of uh, British ice hockey. But uh, I wish him well. I'm looking forward to seeing him play this weekend, and I'm uh, and hopefully he does well with Team GB as well. A fantastic career from a fantastic player, Joe. Yeah, I, I consider it a privilege to call the greatest British ice hockey player of all time my friend, like absolutely everyone else in this city. <laughs> and uh, there's something to be said for when you look back in years to come uh, and you're able to say that you hung the skates up and, and you, you closed the chapter of your playing career on your own terms as opposed to having been forced from some other circumstances. Um, just congratulations, and uh, I have no doubt that we'll still be seeing plenty of them. David. Yeah, and I know Coach will rip it back out of me for this, but I'm along the same lines as Joel. You know, my mate's retiring, and I feel I feel a bit emotional, a bit sad because uh, you know he, he's been a really good friend to me over this last few years as well, and it's uh, it's sad to see him going, but he's going out in his own terms, and uh, what better way to go out, you know, than with a championship? And uh, I hope that over the next sort of what what are we talking five six weeks, Colin Colin Shields gets everything. He gets paid back by the game that he's given so much to. And with that, I say thank you to Simon, Joel, and to Davey. Uh, we'll see you next time on A View from the Bridge, or we might see you on Friday night after the game at A View from the Bridge live. But I'll leave it to Davey to introduce who gets to have the final word on this very special show. Well, I think it's only but fitting that the, the final word on Colin says goes to someone that was there right from the very beginning and in fact nine months before the beginning so you know take it away mrs shields i'm now back on a view from the bridge and by popular demand by the way is a lady who came on at the end of january when we were talking about her son's record-breaking feats it's mrs shields how are you I'm very well, thank you. Thank you for calling me. You're, you obviously join us today in, in slightly different circumstances than what you did in January. We're talking about Colin has taken the decision that now is the right time for him to call it a career. After the World Championships, he's going to hang the skates up for good. Yes. Um, sad to hear that that's his decision, but obviously at the beginning of the year, he'd said you know that he felt he was skating well and playing well and 
ready to go a couple of seasons probably and then so we we kind of thought that's where we were going to be a couple of seasons down the line but unfortunately circumstances are that that's not to be the case so um yeah so sad it'll be an end but I'm pleased that he's had such a fantastic time and he's enjoyed all his time at Belfast and with the GB squad so can't say enough about everybody in that light like you've been you've been part of his career right from day one literally but from from he started skating and obviously his dad Martin as well and you must have very fond memories of, of watching him going up and, and seeing him fly the nest over to North America and, and then come back and have an absolutely stellar career in the UK. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when he was young, you know, I was teaching and he would be pottering about in a corner somewhere, you know, just skating around, doing his own thing. And then as he got older and, you know, he would be with Martin and they would be shooting pucks and doing all the things they needed to do and, the, the biggest wrench, of course, was when he was leaving at 14. I mean, nobody wants to lose their baby. <laughs> but uh, that was a big wrench. But he knew it, that was his decision. It was his choice that if he really wanted to be. And in those times, you've got to remember, there weren't the same number of professional teams here. You didn't have all the access to, you know, good American or Canadian players playing in the league here. There wasn't. There wasn't that access for for a young player to mould themselves. So the only way for him to achieve anything was for him to to go, um, which he did. And heartbreaking as it was, it you know I, I think he's had a good life and I think he's enjoyed his career thoroughly. And uh, hopefully people will remember him fondly. Just how proud a moment was it when you know se- several years after as he, he took himself off to North America? Obviously, the drafting, you know, that must have been a big moment in the Shields household. Uh, it was, it was a huge moment. As I say, Colin didn't have it easy, you know, and, and you know, it, it, in any in any anybody's career, you know, that is a huge. It has a huge impact on you. Um, I've said before that. The, saddest part of that was that Sean Walsh had died yes. you know just after Colin's draft was announced and I think you know but you can't look back the way you can only be pleased with what you've achieved and how hard you've worked it all comes from you know being that person who wants to work the hardest being that person who appreciates what other people are doing for them um, and that all has to mold you into a person and a player um, so both on both sides, I think he's done a good job, and um, you know Martin and I are exceptionally proud of him, um, as is his brother David, obviously. Another former Belfast giant, um, and that'll be one for the trivia questions down the years. But um, you know, Colin obviously stayed lo- very, very loyal to the people that helped him along the way, and obviously you talk about Coach Walser never saw him realise his dreams, but you know the testimonial. Obviously, one of the teams was named after him. Just a, a nice tribute to him. Yes, yes, that's right. Um, he 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 was a wonderful man, and University of Maine was a wonderful program. But Collins had a lot of good, influential people along the way. And you know, when he chose to come back to Belfast, you know, Mr. Gillespie, you know, Killer, you know, people people sort of enveloped him, and and from that, you know, he has developed. A, a great love for for the Giants organization and the fans, um, and I think to the most part of them, I think 
most of them appreciate his loyalty. And he is a very loyal person, without a doubt. And how does Martin feel about all this? So obviously not going to get him on the phone, but how does Martin feel about the, the end of a career that he was there right at the very start, probably as first coach of sorts? Yep, yep. Um, I think he's a little bit like um, me and, and probably a few other people. He, he, We watched Colin after he came back from his injury, which was horrendous, as you know. Yeah. Um, and he came back and he was skating as if he'd never been off. Colin has a great technique and without doubt he could have played for a few more years but you know it's just not to be and and that's it so we have to accept that but we have so many great memories so many great pieces of memorabilia from you know years gone by you know frozen four you know when he was sick and scored the goal for me and it took them into the final you know, there's there's just so many things and so many people that we have to be thankful. And I'm sure Colin is thankful of the number of people that he's met over the years. Um, great friends, Brandon Benedict, Swears, you know, there's just so many of them that you could mention. Martin Karaya is a is a very close friend of his from from his main days. So, you know, it's been a great life. It's a hard life. It isn't easy. Um, but it, it's a very rewarding life and I think he's very, very thankful that he got the opportunities that he did and he wouldn't have got them without his father, for sure. And he's going out, literally a record breaker. He holds the records in the league. He holds the re- all the you know scoring records at the Belfast Giants. He holds records at, at national level, part, partially down to his longevity in the game. You know, there's not many people will play as long and as consistently as he has. But as a family, you must be, you know, records are there to be broken and he has set the bar for other people to come and shoot at. Yeah, I think he has set the bar high. And I think, you know, for young kids aspiring, then his his legacy will be if you work hard enough and if you come out every day wanting to play, then records are made to be broken. His longevity is down to his hard work, his technique and his ability to skate the way he can. And that comes from hard work. There's no other way around it. You can be the most skilled person in the world, but if you don't work, it's it's not going to come off. So all the kids out there should know it is achievable. What he's done is achievable, but you have to work for it. You have to sacrifice a lot of things. And he, so, he he has sacrificed a lot in the last number of years for for total performance fitness and and hopefully in the in the coming years that'll be his his primary focus of that business you know he's inspiring young athletes as well to come into the gym and he will teach them how to become a better athlete. Yes, I I think you know it's a perfect fit for Colin. You know I'm sure he wants to stay involved in hockey in some shape or form. Maybe not as you know a behind the bench coach, but I think he would love to be involved in helping you know the young kids younger kids coming into professional teams be the athletes they need to be and i think you know tpf is is a great fit for him as i say we didn't think he would be giving it all up so soon but you know it it is time for a new chapter so hopefully people will still you know remember him fondly and and he can carry that forward and help other people to, to achieve some dreams. 
Well, I don't think there's any chance of Colin Shields' legacy being forgotten in Belfast. You only have to take yourself down to the rink and see the number of number 19 shirts circulating in the crowd. So, <laughs> you know, he'll, he'll be fondly remembered in Belfast for many, yeah. many years to come. So, look, Margaret, thanks yep. for joining us again. Enjoy, okay. enjoy the uh, next uh, couple. Enjoy the next couple of weeks, whether it be yep. with the Belfast Giants or obviously going to Team GB and playing against the, yep. the elite of the world. And we'll thank you very yep. much for giving us Colin Shields. That's no problem. And thanks to all the fans from Belfast for all of the support over the years. And, you know, he's had a great time with that organisation and I think he recognises what it is to be a giant. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. Time grabs you by the rest, directs you where to go. So make the best of this test and don't ask why. It's not a question, but a lesson learned in time. It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right. I hope you had the time of your life. So take the photographs and still frames in your mind. Hanging on a shelf in good health and good time Tattoos and memories and asking on trial For what it's worth, it was worth all the while It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right I hope you had the time of your life Sports Social Podcast Network